Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Blank, Blank Check is, is the, the kindest, bravest, warmest, warmest most wonderful podcast I've ever, ever known in my life. life. Five Oscars all around, and a six to Rachel for producing yeah, that she opening. Two. She gets two. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I am Griffin. I'm David. And you know what it is. It's the... <clears throat> Let me just consult my notes here quickly. <laughs> Uh, the uh, kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful uh, podcast I've ever known in my life. Right, right, and it's a podcast right. about filmographies, if I can get serious here. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Mm. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce. And then there are movies like this where it's really kind of hard to decide what happened. Yeah, what happened with this? It did okay. It did okay. did all right. It did Okay. For a remake of a beloved movie that no one asked for. I feel like it was one of those things where everyone was like, why are they doing this? Then people saw it and they were like, it's better than we expected. And then no one ever thought about it again. And it did all right. Yep. I guess that's that's how you'd put it. I'm taking my sweater off. Introduce our guest. Jeez, Louise. It's hot in here. (laughs) We're talking about the films of Jonathan Demme. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a mini series called Stop Making Podcasts. David's now fucking showing off. No, I'm not. He's got the some glitter on my nose. It's hot David 2020. And he's flexing. Yeah, I'm flexing. I, a, we went to something called Trolls the Experience uh, this afternoon. Well, so I didn't I, that's why brag. I have glitter I didn't want to start big timing, big dogging our guests here <laughs> uh-huh, today. No. But we did go to Trolls the Experience, which is closing this week. We had to get in under the wire. Yep. And I'll just pass around to the room so you guys can see. And there's full transparency. Um, oh my god, what is he doing? Oh, oh you're taking out your scrapbook. And I think yeah. it's important that you guys see it as I introduce you so you can react in real time to our scrapbook from Trolls, The Experience, which is coming soon behind a Patreon paywall. It's a main series. Sorry, I know you haven't introduced me no, yet. No, you can talk. No, no, please we want talk. You to talk. So please, much please talk. crazier than I expected the thing that you were going to hand me yeah. to be. <laughs> well, you, you sound stunned. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how we felt. We experienced oh, wow. it firsthand. Not only did we do I like this. this serious brick wall posing. Uh-huh. We uh, paid to do this. We paid money. We paid money. We paid American dollars. Yep. We paid American dollars. Uh, David bought a uh, Pez dispenser. I did. Yeah. You got uh, that, uh, yeah. Yep. I got a cupcake. Yep. Uh, rainbow cupcake and a uh, extra large uh, shirt meant for a small girl. Right. Uh, which right. was on which deep discount. just about fit you. It was my fit. It was the closest fit to my body type. Right. What's, the, uh, what's the targeted age range for this? I think uh, four to men, six. 30 to 37. <laughs> oh, you think four to six? Um, I mean, we'll talk about it more on the episode. We'll talk but about it on the page. When we walked in, they definitely have a button they hit with like, oh, it's an irony group. This re- oh, reminds great. me of the time that as a 40-year-old man, I went alone to the circus and sat between a mom and her child and another mom and her child. I will say, oh this was kind of like that, except imagine if the way the thing was designed is that the circus had to be directly performed to you. <laughs> right, right. In a medium-sized room. Right. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, this is like a group of like 15 with a mix of adults and children, and we perform it directly to them, and they were like, get all the fucking kids out of there. <laughs> Two mm-hmm. of these guys got ironic glasses. Trolls is about get to get nasty. Yes. Because we've got some adults to perform, too. Yes. Yep, yep. They that, did a great job. But that's paywall business, that's baby. That's paywall business. Right yeah, now, right. we're talking mainline miniseries. Jonathan uh-huh. Demi, yep. stop making podcasts. It's the episode everyone's been waiting for. 
his 2004 <laughs> blockbuster remake of The Manchurian Candidate. Uh-huh. And That's joining right. us, mm-hmm. long requested, mm-hmm. almost since we started the show. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And and it's taken five years to will into existence. Essentially. Make this turned from something nice into a snub. Like, no, 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 it's just, you know, <laughs> it's no, hard to corral. No, and I also feel like when we started talking, uh-huh. we we realized at some point there was some mystic exchange. Uh, was that when you came over to my bar that's also a front for celebrity coat stealing? Correct. <laughs> oh, Correct. you got your oh, coat wait. stolen at his bar. Yes, and I want to mm-hmm. say... Ben and I said in an episode, we went to a bar and had my coat stealing stolen, and someone triangulated and went, oh my god, the Flophouse guys are going to be on blank. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow from that amount of information, oh boy, yeah. they said, okay, but that must be Stuart's bar. And that's uh-huh. everyone Whereas after, after you got your coat store stolen, I thought, okay, well, there goes our friendship. There you go. It's uh-huh. never going to happen You've now. You've been rebooked. Guys, yeah, you threw realizing... out that cake you had that said Dan plus Griffin. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm realizing... There was a snub, but we're the bad guys. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, this is the question. It's it's sort of a Manchurian candidate asked question of who is who's the ultimate puppet uh-huh. master here? Yeah. Why yeah. did this take five years? I don't know. You're I don't not know. look at me. You're I don't not, know. You're we not actually you're not actually recording a podcast. You're just gonna take my coat and make me leave. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm trying to get revenge for my coat. The Flophouse guys are here. Dan and Elliot and Stuart. Yeah. In the studio. Yep. Long time coming. I now uh, we were saying this when he walked in, uh-huh. but the, the Elliot Griffin in the same room at the same time thing mm-hmm. <laughs> has been thrown around on Twitter as either that that will be great or unlistenable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will either be like a match made in heaven or like an immediately combustible combination. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I I feel like right now things feel pretty calm. Yeah, you put some chairs between you. Well, Elliot's a lot politer on other people's podcasts. Uh, that is comes true. To talking right. to I'm like, a much, I'm a very rude host, <laughs> and I'm a very nice guest. Yes, and I'm still coming down from to having to defuse a six year old meltdown mm-hmm. earlier, oh. right before this recording. So okay. I'm like, I got, I'm rebuilding my energy, guys. But right. so, so, but probably about ten minutes in, I'll do a lot more like talking over people, interrupting them, singing songs no one wants to hear. You you had to affect your sort of grown up energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For yeah. once, right before coming here, and now you're going to so slowly recede thrown, back. Your calibration into is off. Oh, little yes. stinker right. mode. Usually yeah. when we record, yeah, it's all little right. stinker. It's right. all it's all. Uh, I'm a widow bad boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> people don't understand that's how podcasting works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I, have to be a little stinker. Someone has to be. <laughs> A little you stinker. must stink. It's true. I mean, when we started this show, I said I want to be very, very serious and important and smart. And David, you said the same. And then the commissioner of podcast came to us and he went, "I'm so sorry." One of you one must of you... stink. And I said, "I'll take it. <laughs> I'm little. smaller. Right, right, right. I'll right, be right. a little stinker." You took the burden. Yeah, that's right. That's why you were 20 minutes late to Trolls the Experience today. Because I'm on brand. <laughs> you, either, you either die a respected podcast host or you live long enough to be a little stinky. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. Now, I don't want to I don't want to dip into paywall territory. So but, t- dip right but, but, uh, <laughs> this they is like, all good It's a good tease. Exactly. They force you to like stand in a weird like waiting area like off to the side. <laughs> like behind sure. like, I don't know, like a candy rope or something. 100%. You're almost exactly you literally, correct. Like, there's like a rainbow archway. Yes. It felt like Ellis Island. I will say and this. And not like visiting Ellis oh. Island Today, like visiting it off the boat <laughs> upon, in the early 1900s. Upon entering Trolls the Experience, yes. everyone was very professional and lovely. Uh-huh. 
The act of entering Trolls the Experience was weirdly hostile. Incredibly hostile. <laughs> well, that is the experience of being a troll. I don't know yes. if you saw the first Trolls movie, but they, they're in constant danger. Well, the, and this right. is the difference. Once we entered, we felt like, oh, this is like the fun Trolls party. We're little people trying to make the best of this big world. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But entering felt like they were trolling us. And I wanted <laughs> Not like to, DreamWorks like, trolling us, but actually just in real life trolling us. Like I wanted to take them us. aside and be like, you realize we like paid to do Trolls the Experience, right? <laughs> Like, don't give us a hard time. Yes. Like, we're yeah, already like, putting ourselves out here. Right. So is the snake the villain? A great question. <laughs> a snake showed up at one point and everyone was like, watch out. And I was like, is he the bad it, guy? It seems like you have seen the Trolls movie. I have seen enough of the Trolls movie okay. that I feel confident saying I don't remember there being a snake in it. But I haven't seen any of the ancillary. No, it's not true. Sure. I saw the Trolls sure. holiday special. Okay. Better than the Trolls movie. Surprisingly. Uh, interesting. Yeah. The trolls, but in the trolls movie, it's yeah. a lot of like trolls running away from like uh, like go- giant goblins. Okay, you know, okay. okay, which are called I want to I'm not remembering it, but I want to say Gremblos. But it's sort of like Fraggle <laughs> Rock. They're like large. Sounds like yes. something you could focus group with a bunch of kids. Yeah, it's like you know? <laughs> it's like Fraggle Rock. Uh-huh. If Fraggle Rock was computer animated instead of puppets, and there was a lot more Justin Timberlake. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. It sounds I, a lot like a old lady who swallowed a fly situation, where they're like. Oh, we got trolls. Got to get some goblins in here to take them out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get these goblins? Got to get a snake. Right. Yep. Going to need gremlins. The entire process of making the movie sounds like a if you give a mouse a cookie, that it just <laughs> got out of hand. We asked the lady who was working there, like, is the troll the bad guy? And she was too busy dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what she should have that been was, doing. She was getting us hyped up. That's right. We oh, had to boy. sing this song. Anyway. So you guys like Jonathan Demi? <laughs> you went to hit him? Well, yeah. d- uh, let's, Dan, you have a very warm feelings for Jonathan Demi, and I have very middling feelings for Jonathan Demi. Interesting. Really? Wow. Uh, well, I mean, weirdly, like, you know, Science of the Lambs uh, is the one that, like, was his big hit, and mm-hmm. that one's one I have only sort of grown to like that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was built up for me. I mean, like, Stop Making Sense. Stuart makes fun of me. I uh, mentioned it on the podcast a lot. Perfect uh-huh. movie. Yeah. Perfect yeah, it movie. is your spirit animal. I love Something Wild. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a... Great movie. Like, it's got such a weird rhythm to it. Like It, it has, like, a sort of a straightforward story, but told in such an interesting way. And you love uh, Truth About Charlie, right? <laughs> that movie's interesting. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It's, it's pretty terrible. A lot going on. A lot going on. I like. I went to see the the Hitchcock pastiche she did at BAM uh, recently. What's that one uh, called? Last Embrace. I liked that quite a bit, actually. Um, it's a, that one's like a solid sort of fastball down the middle. He's sort of. He's got a weird fucking film on. He's got. I mean, we have mostly watched all of his of movies, yeah. and it has been a wonderful. Of all experience. the guys who are respected as kind of like, and I feel like he's been elevated quite a bit towards the end of his career, mm-hmm. and like, especially since his death. For all the guys who have kind of hold that level, his is. One of the weirdest all over the. It really feels like he's like, "What movie can I get made right now?" Okay, yes. that's what I'm doing. Right. Yes. Well, but right, he also, right. I mean, he always brings to whatever it is like this kind of like multicultural downtown New York 100%. feel to what he does. Sure. Which I and find like very a interesting, big-hearted kind yeah. of yeah. like warm and empathetic. And he has like, sort of like a recurring company of actors he pulls from. Mm-hmm. He's Ted, got very Ted distinct Levine. visual style. Ted, oh, Levine. Ted Levine, Charles Napier. Um, but it is weird because he's got a very personal touch on his films, but the choices of what projects he does can seem kind of all over the place. He's kind of like, here's a comparison I'm going to make, uh-huh. even though I like this other filmmaker's films more, that's kind of like John Huston in a big way. Mm-hmm. You look wow. at John Huston's filmography and it's like, 
these are not movies I would expect to all come from the same guy. But when yes. you watch them, you're like, okay, these make sense together. There's mm. a th- something about them. Well, you know? we talked about this when we did uh, Ang Lee on the show a couple yeah, years yeah. ago, where he's another guy who weirdly feels like he's got the mentality of like a 40s studio filmmaker. Yeah. Where it's like, pass me three a year. I want to take my shot at everything. Right. And so often when we're covering modern filmmakers, people are so much more deliberate about their career that when they make a movie that doesn't really work, it's like a, a real calculated move that mm-hmm. doesn't work. And if it's a female filmmaker that makes a movie that doesn't work, we never hear of them again. No, never works. So they're that's... taken outside and shot or whatever yes. it is Hollywood yes. does with them. Um, I mean, it could kind of just make them go work in yeah, advertising. Make TV think, shows mostly, or whatever, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. You direct yeah. uh, 15 episodes of Last Man Standing. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, he's the last man standing. Is that the concept? There's no more men alive in that sitcom uh-huh. world. Uh, that that's the actually the plot of a different show <laughs> with a similar title. <laughs> All right, fair and enough. It's called The Last Guy. No more boys. <laughs> oh. Okay, that sorry, I was going to refer to a conversation we had before recording. Oh. Why the Last Man? That's one of those things that they talk about all the time and it That's right. Why made. the Last yes. Man is the um the uncharted of TV of like prestige. The perennial like it never happens. Which I right. guess has been filming for 6 months but has lost four showrunners and might never see the air. Much like, and the Snowpiercer the TV show is another That's one. That's another right. one. Where they're like it's going to be on a uh, uh, TNT. I don't know. <laughs> like right. You know, like, <laughs> we were talking prior to recording about the Akira Chaos Walking, Uncharted Uncharted, movie, the long promised, we promise that we we start tomorrow. We're building sets. Yes. We have, look at our call sheet. Right. Everyone's (laughs) waking up at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning to start shooting an Akira movie. And then at 4.55, they're like, yeah, don't show up. And to to think like just a few years ago, we could have added Preacher to that list. But then they made a show. Then they did it. Hey, we got Good Obens. We got American Gods. It's true. A lot of, I mean, TV, obviously. TV's been picking up a lot of the slack. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's the new movies. Yeah. TV? It's all Witchers now, right? <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, Everything's well, a Witcher. I, I like that Witcher. Do I gotta say, I'm enjoying the Witcher. No, but you know what? LA what? raises a really good point. Okay. Some of these things on TV, they're like movies <laughs> these <laughs> days. <laughs> no, because I was reading Obama's list, and some of these TV shows are so powerful that they're almost <laughs> like movies. That's right. Well, it's like every movie I've ever seen. I've always yes. been like, this would be better if it was 10 hours long. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. filled with unnecessary padding. A hundred Right. I like it when you take a while for anything to happen. Right. Like a good long while. I like the experience of saying, this show should be interesting. I love the book. It's a great concept. And then I watch an hour of it and I go, hmm. They're exactly in the same place they were when they started this hour. Yeah. Why am I watching the man in the high castle? I named the thing that I was talking about. I, I like it. I like it when they uh, they insert at least one like motorcycle chase each hour too. <laughs> I mean, well, to be honest, that is the way that a lot of '80s action shows were, where they were like, yeah. "This scene, we find out what the crime is. This scene, it's a red herring. Motorcycle chase, motorcycle chase, motorcycle chase. They catch the guy. We find out what happened, and freeze frame, we're done. You get around to it." You know what my favorite thing is about movies? <laughs> okay. Tell me. The popcorn? Well, no, I was going to say, like, they, like comparing movies to TV. Screen right? scramblers. Oh, yeah. I love going to the movies. I love grabbing a big you bucket of buttery you love the movies? Pop- <laughs> I love the movies. Right, right. I right. love a big bucket of buttery popcorn. I love a ticket taker uh, yeah. with his little epaulets going like, right this have way, epaulets. the yeah, silver yeah, yeah. screen. Right, and the little <laughs> elevator operator cap and I love or whatever. sitting down. Oh, right. that giant screen. Oh, the big, the big curtains the just big part. Curtains and the organ plays a fanfare. Oh, I yeah. love it. And every time I go, the only thing that's missing is I 
wish I was watching this in the same room yeah. that my laundry bag is in. <laughs> and that's why I love TV. I love prestige TV because I can fully immerse myself mm -hmm. in a 10-hour movie. It's like a 10-hour movie. Uh, right. I love Martin Scorsese, but could I watch it on a phone while I'm taking a dump? That's my <laughs> yeah. goal. Finally, yes, I can. So Last Man Standing has aired... <laughs> 152 episodes. We've been talking wow. a lot about yeah. Last I mean, Man I know Standing. A, a friend of mine, her dad has been a writer a long time for Last Man Standing. It's good work. I'm glad he's he has it. You know, Make that money. Hector Elizondo's on it. A regular. A cast member, one of my Caitlin favorite Caitlin Dever is still yeah. on it, Caitlin despite like, becoming like the biggest star of the year this year. Nancy yeah. Travis? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Anyway, <laughs> so that's like, what I mean, I don't know. Do the math. What, that's like a 75-hour movie or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> And it, does, it really does play as an intentional 75-hour movie. Yeah. They're telling one story, and it's about a man who cannot get a word in edgewise. Yeah, I think Just Cinema uh, said it was the best film they of the year. It. They really? loved it. Jay Leno recurs on that show? Did you know that? He oh, plays wow. a guy who works at an auto shop? Oh, <laughs> what? That's his dream. I'm not kidding. A garage? <laughs> uh, now I want to imagine the, the moment when they said, uh, Mr. Leno, we want to talk to you about your wardrobe. And he said, uh, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> I want to find out how Are you Implying he's been on fourteen episodes. That's wait. I'm sorry, Ellie. Are you implying there's one type of fabric that Jay would be more inclined? <laughs> I'm just to wear saying his skin may be allergic to all but one type of gold rush related fabric. <laughs> but surely a dark version of that fabric, right? Uh, no, um, you don't want to throw some acid on oh, it. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna want to to cut down the natural dandruff, yeah. which he is also allergic to. Deathly. Yeah. He likes his denim. Just much acid right to the now face. Now I think as about possible. it, two major Batman villains with acid thrown in their face. Jay Leno uh, and <laughs> yeah, Jay Leno and <laughs> oh boy, those poor dudes. Jay Leno, I kind of wish now that I'm thinking about it that Jay Leno had played the Robert De Niro part. In Joker? That would have been. Yeah. I mean, if, been, the, well, if the movie had been made the ending. 15 years ago, he would have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially given the ending. <laughs> Same. When, when uh, the the uh, Tim and Eric level special effect gunshot, you mean? Or? Yeah. Yes. It actually really is Tim and Eric level. My favorite yeah. moment of the movie is when he tells the one funny joke in the movie, and everyone goes, "Oh, you can't say that. You can't. Oh, you can't joke about that." And I was like, "That was a pretty good joke. I don't know." And then, and then you'll be happy to hear, uh -huh. Stuart, yep. that the himself uh -huh. spends three minutes scolding oh. the audience for the fact that you can't make jokes about anything anymore. Oh, man. You can't do it. <laughs> Speaking See? truth to power. I mean, you can push boundaries, but sometimes you might miss. Sometimes you might miss. Yeah. And then you end up on Mad TV. Yep. Guys. This is an episode on the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> can you tell me, as we were just talking about success, I looked this up. Mm. You can all tell me the most financially successful Jonathan Demme movie ever made, right? Sansa Lines. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. What's number yeah. two? Philadelphia? That's also true. What's number three? Manchurian Candidate? Well, he just did it all himself. There you go. Pretty crazy. This though. is his third most successful film. And not a huge hit. No. But here's a weird thing to think about. Uh-huh. A big summer release. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. What, like uh, a, July 30th? Yeah. yeah he got like that, like, Nolan slot, basically. studio summer yeah. blockbuster. Well, you had Denzel. Streep. Yeah. You've got Streep. You got Shribe. Mm -hmm. You got uh, Boys you got Chickachella. You got Farmig. Young Farmig. Yeah, young Farmig. Young Young um, Falcon. Young Anthony Mackie. Yeah, yeah. You got you got yeah. Young Bill Irwin in one uh -huh. with uh -huh. two lines. I think very mm -hmm. young. Very Falcon look, came from baby Veronica face. Mars. Yep. Teddy Dunn. Yeah. yeah. So I looked him up because he jumped out. I went oh, Teddy Dunn mm -hmm. from Veronica Mars. You're like, is he done already? Well. <laughs> Teddy was just getting started. Now he's done. <laughs> no, but I remember that he left that show like very abruptly in the middle of season two. Yeah. And then never saw him again. And I was like, what happened to that guy? He's a lawyer now. 
He fights white collar crime. Oh, oh wow. so he's actually so, doing something much, yeah. Yeah. much nice. better. Yeah, yeah. He left Veronica Mars and got a law degree and now fights against corruption. He's inspired yeah, right by Veronica choice, Mars. Considering uh, how boring he was, at Veronica <laughs> he Mars. was Duncan. Was that his Duncan. name? Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. yeah. Right. But this movie's like, got Ted Levine, it's got yes. Miguel Ferrer, it's yeah. got Chris Shaughnessy, Roma Tori. Miguel Ferrer playing a part that never really ne- necessitates a Miguel Ferrer level. No, <laughs> no, Anytime no. you see Miguel Ferrer, you're like, oh, he's the villain. And the fact that he just kind of like in it. He has like one know. scene. M- Miguel <laughs> being in it was, was a, a transparent box office play. <laughs> because in the same way that Will Smith was still the king of, of the 4th of July, right, right, Miguel right. Ferrer owned July 30th. Course, that was yeah. his weekend. Well, it was his birthright from his father, <laughs> yes. who owned it for decades, you know. <laughs> decades. He had squatter's rights <laughs> on July 30th. <laughs> oh, Manchurian Candidate. Well, I mean, it, it feels like this was another thing I was thinking about. 2004. Uh-huh. Sure. This same summer has Paramount releasing the Stepford Wives remake. That's right. They have these two, like, 60s, or is Manchurian Candidate 50s? Manchurian Candidate is 62. Right. So these two— Stepford Wives is the— Is 70s. 70s. Is it 70s? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. sorry. But these two— Should be. These two brainwashing films, right? Well, Stepford Wives isn't brainwashing, it's robo-replacing. That's the remake. No, in the old is one the original too. as the well. Okay. Yeah, they're all. It's also robots. Okay, but it is the same kind of like, hey man, like society is Fucking a thin gossamer veil. Oh right. yeah, 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 yeah mind yeah. benders. Yeah. Right. And Scott Rudin produces both of them. Interesting. What was going on in his life at the time? Yeah, I'm watching a lot of TCM. Bullshit, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Rudin was calling up like, Demi. He, he just had he, calling up Frank Oz. We live in a society. <laughs> it's pretty weird that Frank Oz made the Stepford Wives remake. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it was like, here's this like big comedy director. Here's this big drama director. Director, both have like stack casts yeah. and it was these films that people were like I don't know if you should remake them and Scott Rudin was like it's time society has changed right. we have to comment I mean to be fair if I want to if I can take us back to 2004 because we've okay. all forgotten it because the last four years are now the entirety of human history right uh, 2004 was a like pretty bad time really bad and it was the beginning of the endless war era of the yep. United States 100%. it was a t- there was Still the – and I'll go to – uh, we'll see what happens in the next year to four years. But the worst president of the 21st century so far was in the middle of his run. Okay. And like there, it was a real bad time and that's why I think there was this sense of um, paranoia and people on the edge of their seats. Yes. Or the, the edge of their seats. Edge, people on the edge <laughs> that we've kind of forgotten about and also on the edge of their seats if they went to see the yeah. Wives or Maturity. That's why we paid for that part. But it's also – there was also a naivete because we haven't seen how how – cracked up society could be and that's why you get a movie like Manchurian Candidate at least where it's like mm, both sides are pretty gross yes. you know what they're all in the pocket of big business and I'm like oh right, oh America you were so coming, naive right. then yes that's true <laughs> but no but you're right the Bush era especially post Iraq it's like there that weird Americana thing had come back where it's yes. like right. we just want to live in a house and <laughs> yeah. have a family right. <laughs> Are you? Why are you against America? Yeah. You don't want a house with a family. There was, like, a, you know. there was a lot of talk then about real America, fake America. Yes. Who's a patriot? Who's yes. not a patriot? Yes. And so the time is and right. The, the for, whole Karl Rove sort of, you know, yeah. uh, anti-gay marriage, all yeah. that. And, stuff. and like it was, it was the time was right for Demi to be like, mm, the Manchurian Candidate's right. back. Like right. it felt like <laughs> yeah. one of those things. And like both of those movies would get like referenced a lot in the news yes. and things. Yeah. Like people would like relate them to real. 
world uh, occurrences. Mm-hmm. They and still then, like, do with Manchurian. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying that it felt like well, it was starting to become. Well, with all the brainwashing going on these days. No. Right. Yeah. I, huge. Well, what kind uh, of playing cards? But both these films coming like <laughs> The resurgence of, of playing ah! cards. Has really, <laughs> <laughs> you want to play solitaire with me? No, get away. Well, why would he say solitaire with me? It's a stupid joke. Forget it. I was, it sounds like the Mike Birbiglia one-man show. Play solitaire <laughs> with me. <laughs> I was very disappointed that the Demi version doesn't update it with like computer solitaire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to update cell, right? I was hoping he was going to update it with like Yu-Gi-Oh or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah, so that'd funny. That'd be great. Raymond Pokemon Shaw. Pokemon trading yeah. cards. Would you, would you like he's, to play Digimon? Washington Beyblading. That'd be so funny if he's got to play Digimon, but they only have Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Magic cards. They're yeah. like, we don't. Why did you bring all I these can't extra cards? Trigger him. <laughs> he's got to get to to Bulbasaur, or else he's not going to kill that guy. They just they just replace it with nothing. Right? They yeah. just replace it with saying call. your name. They replace yeah. it with call. saying your yeah. full name, which yeah. seems like the easiest trigger. I know. Yeah. What I mean, I yeah, have as a joke. Specific, I mean, you have to say Raymond, Raymond Shaw, sure. Raymond Prentice Shaw. Well, but that, unless unless the mom of someone is like mad at you, like they don't <laughs> yeah. exactly. repeat they're like Raymond, Raymond Shaw, <laughs> Raymond Prentice Shaw, Captain Raymond Prentice. But also, what's weird is though is that the the trigger in the old movie is very specific. Uh-huh. Would you like to play a game of solitaire? And it does happen accidentally, and that's one of the clues in the movie. Here, it's literally just having your full name said, and there's no accidental <laughs> triggerings ever. You know, right? And and concerning like, you a think character. if someone was walking through a restaurant with a message, tell or the telephone for Raymond Shaw, Raymond Prentice Shaw, you give it a couple oh, shots, right? <laughs> if, there, if he's trying to get his order at Starbucks, yeah. right. 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 here's a guy who's in the public sphere that's constantly. True. Yeah, like you're pointing out, didn't have to be the specific order, but also like he's also being his middle about name is famous because yeah. his dad or his mom, yeah. right? You yeah, know, it's right. It's like, not like he has no obscure. Give all three names right. just barista. It's so. pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd never seen the original. That's crazy. And, and watched both today. Congrats. Finished the remake uh, five minutes before recording oh started. Yep. But uh-huh. was, and was you're still shaking. I can oh. see. <laughs> I'm I, I, I thought that was uh, sweat beating on your forehead, but no. I think it's all glitter. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It is trolls <laughs> glitter. Uh, you had a very busy day. Oh, we God. did. It took me so long. I did not I did not Sherlock Holmes those two things together. And I watched I feel, Really Two bad. The trolls and the glitter. I've been stand, sitting here yes. being like, I can't Wait, ask seriously? Griffin why he has so much glitter on In him. In his mustache. You're like, I know he went to the trolls mustache. experience. Yes. Something was said about glitter earlier. I've which, shown you which, the which, photos. which tipped off a conversation I, you know, about the trolls experience. I, I feel like after all this time, you should know how dim I am. That's now. true. <laughs> now I love you as a as a detective where it's, it's like, oh, that's why I did it. I did it all right with this knife. And I did it because he was having an affair with my wife. And you're like, hmm, tricky, tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a game we shall play. <laughs> That's if you want to throw Dan off your scent, you put glitter on the weapon and hold it. Uh, That's yeah. true. But why is oh, there But why was Elton John in the room? <laughs> what was he doing here? Who invited him? Um, but it was it was a weird thing because I've I've heard this film referenced so much in so many different ways. Right. right. Uh, and you I, yourself were briefly a sleeper agent for the Manchurian correct. government. So this movie yeah, hit yeah. a little hard for me. It was right. a little right, right, personal. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remind um, you all, all your good times with your buddies at the MK Ultra Project. You know? uh, yes, what are they doing yes, now? Yes. You know? My life was a little more American Still sitting Ultra in that tent. than, than <laughs> Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. It was kind of rad and edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it was the thing of like watching the original this morning, which, great fucking movie. Yeah. I was like, how did they- You guys keep saying the original. We're talking about Zoolander, right? (laughs) (laughs) I will say that was the other thing for me was like, when I saw Zoolander, when it came out, I was like, what a great fucking premise for a movie. Where did they ever come up with this? What an incredible hook. Stolen. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, watching the original today- Satirized it. Sure. 
the the original is so much about the the fear of other countries yes. interfering. This is a classic Cold War paranoia. I mean, it is the it's classic. Literally about yeah. Russia and China. Yes. Uh, interfering with an American election. Right. So it's like, well, if anything, the movie is now more relevant than the remake. The weird fucking also, thing. Also, it I weirdly is. That's right. Even though the remake should be more relevant. Correct. Yeah. Where you're like, of course, big business. It makes sense. You're like, sense. yeah, companies, Perfect they have computers update. now, cable TV. Yeah. And instead, the one where they use typewriters is more relevant <laughs> right. now. Right. Right. I looked yeah, up brainwashing uh, because, you know, I just wanted to confirm my own suspicions that, like, you know, brainwashing as we see it in the movies is uh, complete. It's total bunk. Nonsense. That, you know, like, people do get Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know, if you syndrome. say something to someone a lot and they're sitting <laughs> well, in a chair. People, like, yeah, people in cults, you know, like, you you give, you give malnourish them and put social pressure on them mm-hmm. and maybe they don't leave. But, like, brainwashing as we see it in films, obviously, is, is nutso. But right. looking at the history of brainwashing did come from like what they talk about the Manchurian candidate, like fears at the time of like the Chinese doing this literal thing. Right. Yeah. And so it's just, it was interesting. Like I was like, Oh, that wasn't fanciful. Like people believed that that was a possibility. No, it was the yeah. pizza gate of its time. Yeah. yeah. Right. And MK ultra, which you references, is that's oh, yeah. in the seventies and that's them still being like, and is that there is something a, going on? That's a real program. It is a real but program. The, but the right. fake thing is that it worked. Right, the real right, thing was right. that they tried they're, it. They're like, oh yeah, no, this and the is fa- they're like, oh well, right. Sirhan, Sirhan, that was MK Ultra. It's like, no, was it? No. Like, it did, they couldn't do it. All they did was drive people crazy with right. LSD and make them mad. Right. And one guy, they pushed off a building. Like that's the, uh, but at the uh, because I, when I was a kid, I was hip deep in conspiracies. I loved yeah. conspiracies. Believed in all of them. I made a choice to say the world is more interesting if I believe in all these conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Loch Ness monster, also yes, Bigfoot, yes, I want to live in that world. Mm-hmm. But then after a certain age, I was like, oh, people are kind of like too dumb to pull this stuff off and also right. like it doesn't make any sense at all you know well it, it, right they it, all yes. begin to compete with each other as well well yeah. especially anytime I read like any entertainment industry conspiracy about like what their plan was with right. like the fucking Star Wars movie and their agenda they I'm wanted like, it to be bad right that was their plan <laughs> all along I'm like I want you to spend five minutes in any boardroom meeting <laughs> right. on any set yeah, they are so fucking disorganized at all times <laughs> that all of human history is people trying desperately to keep up with the work they need to get done. Correct. The idea that there is like a a council somewhere that's like, yes, and here's the 10-year plan that will lead to world domination. Instead, it's just a lot of people being like, "Uh, what's the easiest thing I could do right right now? There there are terrible people with terrible motives in the world, but also no one is that fucking organized. No one can get their shit together to that degree. people there are making these things? There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people. The answer with Star Wars is this. It was like, it was supposed to come out on that day and they just, they, it was too soon. Yeah. They couldn't finish it. I don't know. Mm. I think they were trying to indoctrinate us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And of course, they wanted to sabotage J.J. Abrams' career. Well, I mean, that they was did, it. Right, right. I got, they, guys, I read a thing. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I heard a rumor, rather. Okay. Oh, cool. It turns out they <laughs> sold like 100,000% of the shares in Star Wars and only a huge flop. Would make they would get away with keeping oh all that money? God. So it's and the producers. Yes, <laughs> oh the my. producers of Star Wars are the producers. Oh my god, they planned it. It was their brilliant plan to only make nine hundred million dollars worldwide. <laughs> Shit! Only then could they make a profit. Um, it is this crazy thing though, where like Manchurian Candidate has this like central sort of like heightened sci-fi hook to it. Yeah. But in both movies, 
the like evil influence is kind of right on the money. <laughs> right. Like isn't as organized and as clean and as focused as it's like said to be. But like you're like right, yeah, foreign uh, yeah, uh, yeah, corruption yeah. and uh, big business. Big business. Yeah, yeah. it's like a hundred percent what we're fighting. On I feel like if you basis. just gave a guy a bunch of money, he would do what you wanted. <laughs> totally <laughs> like, right. That's the to... thing is like right. you don't need to brainwash him. You can money wash. There's him an with one billion dollars. That, right. that was the comment. I went to see the movie in the theaters when it came out mm-hmm. with my friend Brock Mayhan. Just gonna name drop Brock oh, right. Mayhan. Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, if anyone's ever heard of him, hopefully they have. He's a great guy. But uh, we went to it and we walked out of the theater and he goes, so what would they have a president who's even friendlier to big business? Right. Like, yeah. again, this is when George W. Bush was in the White House and Dick Cheney was the vice president. Right. Like, how is it going to get more friendly to big That's business? That's a fair point, right? And also what does that, Manchurian yeah. Global really need? They're yeah. putting a lot of money in to get maybe a marginal improvement in business friendliness. Well, and also, the, the like, the, the more the, the Russia trail is, like, exposed, the more you realize, like, half these guys were probably just complimented and then they signed up. Right. Yeah. You know, they were like, Paul, your jacket looks great. And he's like, where do I help, pal? <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> Who should I investigate? Happy to roll up my sleeves. Um, But this this movie, this movie is set yes. in a sort of, like, quasi-future. It's kind of weird. It's like, the, it's like the, the like, four years in the future future. Right, exactly. Yeah, the not-too-distant like, future. You know, America's yeah, yeah. getting a little more, you know, the, democracy is beginning to bleed away, yeah. maybe, kind of. It, it yeah. is a lot more sci-fi in the tech, too, which the original sure. is very kind of analog. Yeah. It's all uh-huh. just, like, crazy mind game yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. There's that sequence in the original that's unbelievable where you see them all in the meeting where they're being sort sort of presented to all the With world the flower leaders. Show? Yes. Yes. That that is like unbelievable, but uh you you don't see a lot of the conversion. No. You don't see a lot of operations. There's no brain drilling. And I think yeah. I think that really I love the original movie. The original movie is, has long been one of my favorites. Rolls. And like the it's John Frankenheimer's best movie. Like it's and yes. uh one of the yeah. things I love about it is it's so matter-of-factly made. The suspense scenes are really suspenseful, but all the brainwashing stuff is shot so straight on and kind of like almost unimaginatively. And so it's like, and you don't see the actual mechanics of the brainwashing. So you don't have to be like, uh, would they really put like a chip in a dude's shoulder? <laughs> like, how would that help? Like, but is the, is the shoulder connected to the brain? I guess it is a little bit, but then it helps for me to build the weirdness, like the reality of it, that like, it's not goofy weird, but here it's like, they really get into the sci-fi of it. And his dream sequences are like, Goofy, crazy! Like, I love yeah, them. I like, love yeah, those like sequences. Uh, yeah, this like weird Terry Gilliam, like twelve yeah. monkeys. Uh, like, like suddenly guys. there's there's suddenly a there's, lady, there's a Muslim lady with a huge <laughs> apple or tomato in her hands. Yeah, and the drawing style, it's, Jeffrey Wright's drawing style. Yeah. And there's so they're watching like a rotoscoped cartoon. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's interesting that you say that about the original, though, because I feel like one thing that these two have in common for me is they have like this bizarre tone, and I kind of wonder if that's partly because of the um what I said before like we all like inherently know that brainwashing of this kind is bunk but there is like this creepy thing about someone like getting inside your head and messing around oh, yeah. with it I mean, it's- and so they play it like with with this weird like off kilter both of them have Different kinds of all off-kilter tone. Well, I think the off-kilterness of the original is probably because it's a pretty funny movie at times. Yeah. Like, there's really solid jokes in it. Yeah. And yeah, in this and one, it's— Sinatra's also just, like, popping in that movie. He is he's so, so charismatic. He's yeah. so charismatic and also so nuts. Yeah, like he's, 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 he's really good in that movie. He's yeah. somehow really charismatic while also being clearly about to 
Luke, uh, can I, I forget if I swear. You can be oh, so sweary. Okay. He is totally oh, no. bad. I say the worst word ever and you're like, why'd you say that? Jesus <laughs> like, Christ. Like he is clearly about to lose his shit at right. every moment. Yeah. But he is also super smooth and charismatic. And in this movie, Denzel Washington is, he, instead of being a guy who's about to lose his shit, he's a guy who's lost his shit. Yes. Right. And he yeah. is like, feels dangerous. Like watching yeah. the movie, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want to be in the room with the screen. That it guy's it doesn't yeah. help that like a lot of the shots are so like straight on, whether it's him or when they're shooting, when the shot is of Rosie and it looks like, like it's from his perspective and it's like, you don't know if he's going to like go and strangle her. Yeah. yeah. Classic Jamie like, down the middle. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, down the middle. Down the lens. I think Denzel yeah. Washington is like, if it's anything a little too good in the movie, because I'm like, I buy him too much as a man who is falling apart and getting dangerous. But I'm it's like, a weird, he you, he's not doing, like that opening, I believe the opening shot is him yeah. in the Humvee, where he's like, what I don't want to do is go on the, and you're like, oh, it's Denzel, I love Denzel, right? right. And then yeah. he never does that again. Yeah. Like, even, you never yeah. see him in classic, like, two guns, deja vu, Once Denzel you get to present mode. day, I mean, his introduction is him giving that speech to the Boy yes, Scouts, and right. even then he's shaken, and that's right. before he starts to feel really That's before Jeffrey paranoid. Wright comes up and says, hey man, what are you doing? Right. And you're like, oh God, <laughs> what happened to Jeff? <laughs> yes. give, give him some half glasses to look over. Has <laughs> 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 he lost the source code? Jeff, get <laughs> Back. Look, I love Jeffrey Wright. Oh, Me too. So I great. love him. He's he is an actor who gives you a lot. Yeah. He he is not subtle. And he, and he's also and he's willing to do. And my brother was going on and yeah. on about how much he loved seeing him on uh, Rick and Morty talking about poop. He's great like, on hearing he's, him. Yes. Great yes. on Rick and Morty. Yeah. And I like that he's kind of creative and he can be kind of theatrical and all of that. But to say to Jeffrey Wright, hey, we got one scene for you and you just need to be the craziest man in the <laughs> yeah, world. Exactly. Is like, a little dangerous. He, but yeah, yeah, but he's one good. scene. Yeah. Well, he's doing his thing. He's doing a lot. He's doing his thing. He's, it, he's emptied the entire paprika bottle onto yeah, the yeah. sandwich. Well, I, do, I, I do think that like for me, this movie's biggest problem, and like there's certainly nits to pick with it, but its biggest problem is it's merely a good movie when the first one is Brilliant, right? Yeah, right. yeah. and uh, and I think Demi for me is doing like as much as he can with a script that sort of suffers from a lot of '90s itis. In that, like Jeffrey Wright, for instance, is like a very traditional thriller crazy guy 100%. who has like an evidence wall and stuff. Yeah, and he just walked out of enemy of the state or yeah. whatever conspiracy. Well, it's theory. got a lot of net yeah. in it. A lot of the yeah, net. Yeah, not net. A lot the, of net. The screenwriters on this are net. pretty standard, like 100%. studio 90s, 2000s and, thriller. And guys. there's all the whatever. The script they kind of were like rewriting on the fly the That's whole the time. That's the thing. I, I mean, think. it feels yeah. like they. Because the weird thing with this movie is that uh, I forget what studio, maybe MGM released it originally. But yeah. then, or United Artists. It was a UA film, yeah, yeah. Right. But then it came out the same year as the Kennedy assassination, and people got kind of scared off of it. It came out the year before, I believe. But yeah, before, very, but very, very, very close. The year before, it. It was, yeah. but it was a combination of the assassination happening right afterward. Back then, right. like movie rollouts were much slower. Sure. So the movie could have been playing, and then and that was, that was the thing. And that there they was kind also of slowed it out. Of and theaters, there was a rights yeah. issue that right. kept it out of the public eye for twenty years. Well, mm. but yeah. a big key of that is that Sinatra himself, at some point, bought the rights back. Yeah. Hey, give me those rights. Right, because he resented the fact Sinatra. that he felt like UA didn't do enough with it. Mm. Yeah. And then in like the 80s, they rescreened it at the New York Film Festival and it kind of got reclaimed and it started right. being played on TV again. Right. And the opening title card of this movie is like 
a, it's his daughter. What's his yeah, daughter's yeah, his name? His daughter produced this movie. Yeah. But it's like uh, a, Tina Sinatra. It's a Scott Rudin slash Tina Sinatra yes. film. She was the one the whole time who was like, we need to remake right. the she Manchurian Candidate. The rights after yes. he passed. And and she was the one who kind of willed this movie into existence. I was curious. You about imagine that. they at some point just hire writers and go, make the obvious 90s version of Manchurian Candidate, make right. the thriller. And then when Demi comes on, he's a little bit too sensitive and thoughtful of a filmmaker to ever make that straight aversion. But you have, like, the bones of a very conventional studio version of this movie, yeah. which is always going to be unconventional because it's thorny material. Sure. Then you cast a guy who's, like, such a fucking movie star. Yeah. And yeah. when you hear it in your head, you're like, oh, Denzel's going to play the Sinatra part. He's going to make it so cool and so confident. Sure. And then you zag in the opposite direction where it's like. But when this was announced, it was announced right, I remember, right after Truth About Charlie. Yeah. And it's like, he's doing another remake of a beloved classic. Like, why is he doing this? And this was, I mean, Halcyon Days, but you go, this was that period of time where anytime a studio announced they were remaking a classic movie, you were like, ugh, this again? And if any studio announced that they were making a $60 million remake of a classic film, would be like, finally. Yeah, great. <laughs> sure. Good. God. You're releasing in the summer. I can't believe All it. All the yeah. classics. Oh, make great. them again. <laughs> That is true. But then they, but then it would be the classic uni- classic film shared universe. <laughs> the dark mm-hmm. classics. <laughs> it's like Rick, Rick has to leave Casablanca so we can get on the African Queen and go meet the Godfather, you know. And Harvey he's played by Noah Centineo. Noah Centineo would play all of them. <laughs> Harvey the Rabbit has to assemble them all together the to, stop, to stop Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> he has to who, stop who has got the Philadelphia story. He's got I'm some right magical now. thing from Thief of Baghdad. Yeah, right. He has the Maltese yeah. Falcon. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like this is essentially idea. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen at this point. <laughs> in, this, yeah. in this world, you can buy the IP for just classic movies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'll throw them all in together because we own classics. The classics. Hey, but they CCM all have powers now. Let's so do like, it. That's uh, not a bad idea. Uh, like Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life, he yeah. has the ability to come back from the dead uh-huh. uh, and right. see alternate... He can, he he can, can talk walk, to angels. He's he can got talk to angel angels powers. and walk between yeah. alternate universes and right. it's driven him insane. You have right. to get him out of a sanitarium. Like, I like the idea though that like every lead character from the movie gets the power, the magical power of the central hook of their movie. I have a, que- I have a question, though. Can we work Fortnite? In, like, can, can this begin or well, end in Fortnite? Both. Okay, all right. It's bookended on okay. Fortnite. Good, good, good. All what right. if Fortnite was like our next campaign is <laughs> turn a classic <laughs> movie to TCM? Yeah. Finally, you can have Nanachka kill, you know, uh, kill um, Gene Kelly and Singing in the Rain, finally. Uh-huh. Nanachka would be part yeah. of my dark classic. So that, and then he's got to wait around while his powers uh, get up from cool down <laughs> we know a guy he can sing in the rain <laughs> like that's the briefing meaning they uh, throw down there's this the, at the end he would create he would like use his hands to control a tidal wave that washes away the wizard I don't know but also the high note he hits while he's controlling <laughs> yeah. and it's all the rain yeah I don't know it'd be a good movie yeah we got great. two months to pitch this yeah. um, <laughs> until media disappears <laughs> yeah until it's done uh, but no, it, it does feel like this movie is so a product of like the last window of them viewing that as a bankable thing of like yes. the movie, a classic movie, that title sells itself and you put top tier talent on it. You can throw it in the summer. Like this was a movie they had aspirations of having Oscar success for but sure. Also, you don't release it in July unless you think it's going to make money. No, they sold oh, yeah. it. They did it in July. They did. They did, they did sell it. Sully. They they, they, unless it's because there's always the kinds of things where it's like. What have you promised to the filmmaker? Who's what have you promised to Denzel right. Washington? Right. If Denzel Washington's going to be attached, you know he's going to want it to be a big release and that kind of thing. Right. So. That with Denzel's, so you got that. Right. He can flip between this is just a thriller released in September and like yeah. this is an Oscar play. And this feels like for Denzel, it's more of a thriller play. Yeah. 
But this is also that Meryl period post-adaptation where pre-Devil Wears Prada. Right, that's the big... But still, but she's trying stuff. Uh, totally. You know, like she, you yeah, know, she's, she's in a series of unfortunate events yeah. and she's in like the Altman movie and, you know, I don't know. Perry Holmes, she's really good at uh, She, she is really good in that. Played yeah. the Queen Ant and the Ant Bully. So put that in your pipe. And she's not it. great in that. No, I she's not good. Say. No, she phoned that one in. I have seen that film. That film was weirdly about communism. Okay. Well, it is an ant movie. It's actually not that yeah. weird to make an ant movie about communism. You're right. I mean, ants it are is. inherently communist. Okay, so let me rephrase. Uh, uh, no, ants are fascists. <laughs> well, sure. I just mean that they are a commune. Oh, you're yeah, right. that's you're fair. Right. That's fair. <laughs> but but they under, are fascist it is, communists. It is under I the suppose. command of one one dictator. Yes, yes. Yes. we're yes. talking about ants, how do you get them out of a house? Because I've had some ant problems this year. Well, uh, uh-huh. if you listen to, uh, I know that James Taylor on The Simpsons talked about creating a vacuum to shove them out of a house. Oh, uh, uh-huh. so I have to shoot into deep space. Uh, well, mm-hmm. but there's also if you wanna if you wanna just shoot them with a gun, like okay. in that Colin Heston movie, right? <laughs> I think if you watch the movie Mouse Hunt, right. too, there are a lot of lateral moves that you can apply. <laughs> yeah. You just shrink <laughs> you just everything shrink they down. do. By I forgot. Like shrink and multiply. In the naked jungle, he tries to shoot at the ants. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Or it's like in the movie uh, in the movie Save the Green Planet, where the bad guy unleashes – or not bad guy. It's 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 a questionable who's the good guy who's the bad guy. Unleashes a, a swarm of bees at the police detective investigating him, and he just is firing into the, into the swarm, <laughs> and you see one bee fall to the ground. <laughs> Oh, I love uh, that movie. so much better than if it had just it had not done anything. Yeah, no, it's just a shot of one bee falling. Yeah. You got one. Uh, what was I going to say? Demi. You were talking about Demi. a Manchurian candidate. candidate. Meryl. Meryl. Yeah, Meryl's in that zone. We were saying earlier today, Leah Schreiber was in that sort of pocket that like Peter Sarsgaard was in in the 2000s as well, where they were yeah. like, this guy's going to be the guy at some point, right? Yeah, there's something yeah. going on here. Right. Cotton I mean, Weary. Yeah. This, this led up to, weary. This led up to Ray respect. Donovan, right? Well, yeah, Ray Donovan's. Right. Well, this is leading up to Him his inexplicably Voight. or explicably. I, I do think directing, this is a Ray Donovan prequel, yes. You know, he directed, wrote and directed Everything is Illuminated uh-huh. right after that. Oh, Which we right. all remember and think about and watch his all the time. Passion project, huge Much- release. At, at Jonathan Safran Four is just two two for two with his amazing adaptations of his books, <laughs> <laughs> just masterpieces. It's like how Ewan McGregor made an American pastoral movie, like, and everyone's right. just like, "No, he didn't." No, he didn't. That's that like, happened. and James Franco continues to pump out Faulkner movies at an amazing clip that he's got never a dark seen by Faulkner anyone. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, Faulkner did have one county all his characters. Yeah, it's it. true. It's yeah. true. If you ask people on the street, like, uh, how how many movies do you think James Franco has directed? They'd be like. I've heard of one, so I'm guessing three. Right. And you'd have to tell them, he's made six Faulkner films alone. Right. <laughs> he's made like 18 Today. movies. Yes, like, he's yeah. made like 18 films and six of them are Faulkner He's like Norman Mailer, where you're like, oh yeah, Norman Mailer made a movie, right? Oh no, he has a larger filmography yes. than Ryan Johnson. Okay. So fucking strange. <laughs> Remember when Liam Schreiber was Sabretooth? Yeah. The, 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 he was just had big sideburns. He was a more sensitive saber too. I think yeah. it's a good performance. It's not a good performance. I think it's a good performance. I think the movie's a disaster. Terrible. One of the worst. But it's at least, he has an idea, I say. I'll give him that. It's possible for a good performance to be in a bad it's movie. Certainly. Exhibit it certainly is. Mr. It's certainly possible. I don't think it gets to good performance because he doesn't do fucking anything in but that movie. But that's why it's such a good performance. <laughs> exactly. He's playing right. against type for Sabretooth who's supposed to be a wild man. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's a good performance. I think you have a previous professional wrestler playing the part who only growls. Who right? only growls and looks like a cat. Swipes And instead they're like, forget the cat, forget the growling. Right. You're you're kind of like a you know Broadway dramaturg, kind of drama queen kind of guy, and you got long nails and sideburns. Well, and it's the Liev thing of just like it's it's incredibly quiet aggression. Like <laughs> yeah. he never pops. Yeah. He's not he's an aggressive saber tooth. He's a passive aggressive saber tooth. <laughs> don't like Wolverine. <laughs> But it literally, <laughs> you can he imagine, just had sideburns. You can imagine Sabretooth, Victor, Victor Creel has yes. been, has been, uh, he's been invited to a party and they're like, yeah, and Wolverine's going to be there. And he's like, oh, this God. was the look. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> this was the look. I mean, it's tough to see. I'm it's still, just like he jumped out from behind a bush and just going, ah! I'm still <laughs> haunted by the way he runs in that where he's, he's clearly floating of, above the, the yeah. ground. Right. And he's just sort of doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's also, it's a four legged. Yes. It's a four legged. Yes. But yes, you are right. He I'm plays sure. it as if he just dislikes Wolverine. <laughs> I wonder if, I wonder if like in early rehearsals he tried to keep being bigger and bigger and that just made there Hugh Jackman is. get bigger and bigger and more <laughs> yeah. theatrical. And Hugh Jackman, like, when he gets yeah, bigger, nope. he has to sing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, that movie is like his ultimate nemesis is Sabretooth yes. and it's a guy in a trench coat who's grumpy. <laughs> but everything in that movie is like that. <laughs> that movie is so weird. That movie is so I want to do the Wolverine That's also, saga. Yeah, is that, and that, is the, that yeah. is the movie where you take the Merc with a mouth and you have him not have a mouth, he right? He has no mouth. Right. Uh-huh. He is ostensibly the final boss and he doesn't talk. Yeah. Yeah. And Wolverine loses his memory because he gets hit on the head real hard. <laughs> I believe he gets shot with a <laughs> bullet. With, with he, gets, yeah. he gets shot with a bullet because he has an adamantium skull. Right. Oh. It doesn't kill him, but right. he's just like, oh, whoa. It's, it's, a, it's a memory wiping bullet. It's a memory. <laughs> it is one of those damn memory bullets. Yeah. The, uh, I wanted to mention, uh, just so I don't forget, uh, for like for a, guy, a dark guy, he certainly wears a lot of yellow. So you know, he does, he's got that yellow, yellow orange, rough and that orange. Fur. And yeah, he's, he's a very bright and colorful fellow. He's he a, a flamboyant yeah. guy. Yeah. And there's a I scene of him like that. brushing out his sideburns in a in front of a mirror. That's yeah. another thing. He was very well groomed because like in the, <laughs> Wait, in the movie or well, in, in the general? first Singer movie, he's kind of gnarly and feral. But then when you see Sabretooth in the comics, you're always like he feels very well arranged. Everything's very well. Well, trimmed. that was in the Fortnite. They did before it. He goes That's on Queer Eye, and they really, they really, they really, they him up. I liked his old like bodysuit with the the yeah. furry rough yeah. Yeah. slashes yeah. on it. Oh, and yeah, he cool. almost looks like a football mascot or whatever. Yeah. Like you know, like yeah. he could be. <laughs> yeah, he's the, got that weird headgear, the headband where, like, the that lifts hair, sticking yes. out of the that Cyclops top. had for right. a while. Yeah. Right. The uh, yeah, he's a great costume, great guy. He's love a really him. good guy. <laughs> great guy, we love him. Right, murderer. Uh, what a How come guy? he doesn't hang out with Birdie anymore? Remember her? Uh, who? Birdie? She was the she was the psychic. Who, she had a thing called like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the bird from McDonald's. Remember that Sabretooth and Birdie dated in the nineties? Why not? They're both animal people. <laughs> it's like when Glenn Close and Woody Harrelson dated, and you're like, I guess. <laughs> when when uh, when it was what Frank Langella and Whoopi Goldberg, you're oh, like, okay. one of the greats. Yeah, they love each other. One of the all time great celebrity Langella couples. Could have played Sabretooth. Now I have Frank Langella would have been a great, great saber. Uh, he was a okay Dracula. Yes. Oh, so here's the thing I wanted to okay, say. Sorry. sorry. He was yeah. a good Skeletor. I was how great I, Skeletor. He, as good as a Skeletor is going to get, unless it's Willem Dafoe, who would have been the ideal Skeletor. Right. I mean, if we, too big if a we, penis. If, <laughs> 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 wow. You're right. That that tissue should have rotted away. <laughs> if we hope and we pray and we cross our fingers, Noah Centineo will fight Willem Dafoe Skeletor <laughs> yet. Uh, that how ironic it was for me watching the movie now also to see John Voight playing the most liberal senator right. in America when he is now the craziest conservative. So where is he at this point in his life? At that in point. In 2004. Is this sort of when he's like made good with Angelina Jolie? I think yes, he I had, think so. Well, right. it was like tenuous. As it good was as they like, were going to get. Because remember, were, he plays FDR in yes. Pearl Harbor just a couple years earlier, right. 2001, three years earlier. And But in that same year, he plays 
her father, Lord, and Croft, Lord Croft himself. Tomb That's Raider. right. Yes. And it felt like a big thing. It was like an olive branch where it's like we're gonna be in a movie together. We're trying to mend the relationship. And he did. He's in Zoolander, of course. Right. You know, of a course. great scene in Zoolander. Yes. He's in Ali uh-huh. that year. He's he's kind of popping right now. In fact, he's in National Treasure. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, he was very available, and I think needed money. Yes, yes, yes. Now, how close is this to when he started Bratz? Is oh, that, yeah. Well, what about uh, the Bratz movie? Bratz, yeah. is, Bratz is definitely two thousand. When did he produce Baby Geniuses and Baby Geniuses Two? Well, this is all the same. See, I'm very fascinated with this, and I've never quite figured it out. But there's Crystal Sky Productions, okay, which is the Paul family. <laughs> oh, boy. No relation to Jake and Logan. Crystal Paul. Sky Pictures. I'm sorry. Uh, correct. <laughs> but they produce Bratz. The Baby uh, Geniuses, yes. that film, The Legend of Simon Conjurer. Do you remember oh, that? It sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Where it was like John Voight in a fat suit, and it was like a bunch of kids who have to solve a mystery. Nope, I don't remember that at all. I thought it was something, you're talking about something totally different. All the weird family films that John Voight's in are all through this one production company. Right. Crystal mm-hmm. Sky Pictures. So Crystal Bratz Sky. was three years after this. Yes. Just, uh, yes. Okay. I think they start to really tank him. which he played Principal Dimly. Yeah. You say that like we don't know that. <laughs> Did you know that he played a taxi driver in Baby Geniuses and the Mystery of the Crown Jewels? My point is that and he, then he also... played Moriarty in Baby Geniuses and the Treasure of Egypt? <laughs> My point is. I just learned that. If I am not mistaken, he also has producer credits on all of these films. Because yes. he is not he is in the first executive Baby Geniuses. producer on, the... on all Baby Geniuses, and he is not in the first Definitely one. the Baby Geniuses ones, because I yeah. believe he was a guest on The Daily Show when I worked there to wow. promote Baby Geniuses. Wow. The, the first one. The first, first one. Which he was just producing. Because they, I remember, I, I, maybe this is. can you give me the, the five, the, the five, the credit block of Baby Geniuses, the first five. I actors. think I can do this. Do you think you can do this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm, look, when I, when I turned 38, I said, I got to be realistic about myself. Right. I can't pretend to know things I don't. And I'm 30, so ready? I'm going to come in hot. <laughs> I believe the first build in Baby Geniuses is Kathleen Turner, correct? That is correct. And Christopher Lloyd? Correct. Is third Peter McNichol? Third mm. is Kim Cattrall. Fourth is Peter McNichol. Okay. Remember, no, this I is buy Sex that in order. the City. Is, I buy that order. You know, Even yeah. now, I yeah, would buy I that buy order. It. Yeah. I buy it. Fifth? I was thinking McNichol off of Ali McBeal, but you're right. It, Sex McNichol in the City was never breaking number three. Even no. Sophie's Choice is not breaking number three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Ghostbusters 2 is not breaking number three. Yeah. <laughs> the movie he started. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's after the dragon. I mean, there's a dragon in it. Can you give me the fifth? It's a legendary Oscar nominated actress. It's a legendary Oscar nominated actress. I want to see. Okay. Yeah. That was my test. Elliot laughed really hard at it. Only because not at the the person, because the person I respect deeply. Right. That she's in it. Unlikely at that she's in it and the unlikelihood that this is the name that you're going to come. Okay. Unless you've seen Baby Jesus. Okay. So maybe when it came out in theaters twenty plus years ago, ninety nine, right? No, Baby Geniuses is, uh, let's see, let's find First out. First one, 2006 or, or something like that, right? Baby Geniuses. I think that's Baby Jesus, Geniuses, I'm on Lee Schreiber. I have Gulf War Syndrome oh, open in my computer. I have, oh, God, too many tabs. It's definitely 1999. Thank you. All right, the first I Baby Geniuses, 1999, you're right. Oh, so you know what? So I didn't work pro- at The Daily Show at the time. He must have been promoting Baby Geniuses to Super Babies. I don't know. Maybe. But I don't remember him being in the clip. That's the thing. I think I saw it. Maybe there was no usable clip of him in that movie. That's possible. right. And he is the villain in two. Yeah. It sounds like he's the villain. I mean, I love the idea that those characters must be brothers or something. Like, he's just the villain in every movie, maybe. Very possibly. There's one bloodline that includes Moriarty. <laughs> Moriarty. And, and they retconned the first driver. one, so yeah. it was part of the, the John Voight bloodline. Okay. Can you guess this one-time Oscar nominee? And, and here's my question. 
Was her one nomination for Baby Geniuses? No. Okay, fuck. That narrows <laughs> it, but it, it down. was one of those late in life nominations that was sort of like a salute to your career. It is not Lauren Bacall. Is no, it? this no. is one where I feel but like you're more likely of... to get it if you name his you name can his I, spouse. Can I guess someone? Ellen Burstyn. Another great guess, but no. Are we sort of in the right zone? Yes, I mean, in that you're naming good old actresses. Is it Lynn Redgrave? No, but but one late in life. Good actresses. At the point the Baby Geniuses comes out, she's yeah. not an Oscar nominee, and she won't be for like another six or seven years. Wow, huge. Can you tell me the name <laughs> of the character? The name of the character? I think this is what might crack it for me. Yes. Margot. So you know she's at a wedding. <laughs> she has to be. God, this is what people invited. tune into this show for. Yeah. It's a popular show. This is like a Houdini show where Houdini would say, they're locking me up, and then the curtain would go down, and people would stare at the curtain for minute after minute, just imagining Thrilled. what was going on behind it. Thrilled, an and, honor to get and sit there and look at a curtain. You asking me, would I go to that show? You're damn right, I would no go to that question. show. While, the, while, while you try and guess, I'm going to give you all the taglines from Baby Genius. <laughs> Please do. And this is now an episode about Baby Genius. Think, think innocent. Mm. Think helpless. Think again. That's oh. tagline A. Pretty oh, okay. sneaky. And yeah. then below the title. Naps are history. <laughs> That's right. Which is our, not, even no matter how genius they are, babies still need naps. Need, everyone needs to sleep. Yeah. Needs yeah. to sleep. They're sleep. very small babies. Yeah. They can barely, you know, digest food. Yeah, I mean, the babies, all they do is eat and sleep. Right. And again, the things that happen when you eat, you know, the food comes out. But. All right, I'm, I'm calling this. This is an older actress who doesn't get nominated until like 2005, 2006. 2008 is when she gets nominated. 2007, to, you know. 2007. Right. She gets nominated for a 2007 film yeah. at the awards in 2008. A, a 2007 film starring the star of The Manchurian Candidate. Starring, You're going to get it now. It's a Denzel movie. Right. Is it Ruby D? It's Ruby D. Ruby That's D right. is fifth build? Fifth build in Baby Geniuses, and wow. I'm sure she got residual checks for the rest of her life. Yeah. So well, Manchurian we're done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming, yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 I do want to ask. I am. I am a listener. Uh, They're but, just super smart, but I do. I, I, <laughs> yeah, but it's I, all in the title. Yeah. But I'm also. Uh, I'm also catching up with the old episodes. Sure. Okay. So on new episodes, do you usually talk this little about the movie? Uh, often, yes. Depends. Okay. It depends. Dan's wondering if we're ruining. The I don't podcast. mind it. No, oh, you're I don't not think ruining so. the podcast. I don't, I don't mind. Think I'm just so. yeah. I want to see whether we're coming in like we the Marx Brothers. We actually did talk and... a lot about the Manchurian Candidate just then. Uh-huh. We did some go- in the Baby Geniuses talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we did get some talk. In a certain way, it's a weirdly hard movie to talk about. I think he has, as we were sort of saying, forefronted a lot of the thriller elements. Right. Uh, the the thing that's kind of fascinating about this movie is comparing all the changes it makes. It definitely has that remake thing where, like, they view the original film as, like, okay, what can we clean up on the second draft? Sure. So there are things like... Because in the first one, it is uh, uh, the Angela Lansbury mother character Mm -hmm. does not appear in the film very much. That reveal happens very late. I suppose that's true. It's it's an iconic Oscar-nominated performance. You don't know that she's... Great in it, but you Phenomenal. don't know that she is part of the spoiler alert. I guess yeah. you don't know that she's part of the plot yes. right. until yeah, very close to the end. H- having watched it this morning, it's a lot of just like, oh my god, what a like an overbearing sort of like career. I suppose Meryl managing. reveals herself to be fully invested, like what an hour and twenty minutes in. But or also, like that. just the film centers her she a is, lot, and also yeah. she's more outwardly villainous throughout. She's, she's Meryl right. Streep. She's right. second build. Yeah, I mean, like in the original, it's. 
Sinatra, Lawrence uh, Harvey, Harvey. Yeah. Lawrence yeah. Harvey, Janet Leigh, and then it's also starring. You you know that uh, it's Angela like it, they've got a yeah. case of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, where uh-huh. I'm like, hmm, I think the mole is the other big name actor in the movie. Right. I don't right. think it's going to yeah. be Toby like Jones. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it is, I think, also that problem, too, where, like, the Angela Lansbury performance becomes so iconic, and she's another reference point as, like, oh, like a Manchurian mother. Right. You know, that they just know, like, no one's going to get duped by this. Well, that, there's, there's a, re- I think it's in Roger Ebert's review at the time where he talks about, like, they have wisely decided the audience knows what the movie is about. Yeah. So why are we going to st- extend this mystery? I think they were not wise because it's, like, even a movie like uh, Jacob's Ladder, which is crazy, they ease you into it a little bit. Sure. Whereas this, it's like right off the bat, you're like, bah, 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 crazy. It's, Everyone's it's crazy, crazy. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and, I, and one of the changes they made that baffled me at the time and I still don't get is there's – To some, open the film with Wycliffe John covering Fortunate Song. Yeah, I mean mm. that that did – that I the forgot most, about. That's a, that's a real opening. Demi-pick. I was yeah. like – I was like this is – whatever's on my nose, it's this. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's on, it's my nose. But the – that in the original movie – about halfway through the movie or so, you learn about this romance that uh, yes. that Raymond Shaw had that his mother broke apart. It was the daughter of this senator right. who's the enemy of his stepdad. Mm-hmm. And oh, and the step and oh, what's the name of the actor? Gregory, who's the who's the who's the stepfather in the old one? He's so great. And I'm he's forgetting. in he's in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and he's he was on Barney Miller for years. But uh, the, James uh, Gregory is his name. James yeah, Gregory. James yes. Gregory. Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah. He's he's uh, General Ursus. In oh, Lance. such a fucking good performance! Yeah, and uh, he so that they you learn about this thing, and then they reconnect, and they fall in love, and they get and they elope, and then he's triggered to just along the way while he's killing somebody yeah. else. They say wipe out all witnesses, and he has to kill her, and it's when he realizes it later, it's shocking because this is someone he was in love with. In this movie, right off the bat, he's like, you know, I think about you, Seal. And she's like, it's over. I've moved on. Get the I'm like, fuck away Literally from like, me. you're a creepy stalker and I don't want to be near you. Right. He's like, oh, okay. So I know he's going to kill them later because that's the plot. But like, right. it seems weird that now he doesn't have to feel that. It's like, that, that, <laughs> he doesn't I mean, feel he that bad about it. feel bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. She deserves no sympathy. No, no, no. He's, Stuart, he's de- she deserves no sympathy. <laughs> but it's like, it, it. And maybe and now I sound like a monster, but it does. I know it lowers the saying. stakes on that moment quite a bit. He is less of a person in this movie because yes. he's really kind of a co-lead in the original. It yes. goes oh, back yeah. and forth between. Although Harvey them a lot. is kind of sort of glassy in that movie. Well, Harvey you know. as an actor is kind of a cold actor. Yes, so he it is. works really well for that he's movie. Got that it, very it clenched, sort of steely, right. erudite kind of thing. He's a guy who always seems like he's got a whole. He's got to repress everything. Right, and in this one. Leave Shriver, he gets some of that, I guess. But then he's like, I don't believe him as a presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially not when some guy's just biting stuff out of his shoulder. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that is – that's a wild moment. Yeah. And he's like, Jesus, get out of here. <laughs> you know, that's his reaction. Where security's like, well, are you okay? And he's like, go away. When they're like, <laughs> sit down. He's not going to press charges. I'm like, I don't know if that's the kind <laughs> of thing that you have that to do. Way. <laughs> yeah. No, I buy – well, like, You've never seen a vice presidential shoulder bite attack before? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Here's the thing I'll say. I don't fully buy him as a presidential candidate, but this was the era of John Edwards. That kind sure. of like yeah, that's true. America, especially the Democrats, were sort of like, we just need an action figure guy. Yeah. Like, Isn't that what it'll do it? Like, we'll solve, we'll, we'll beat Bush by just finding the blandest, most like broadly, he should stand in an amber field right. of grain, right? Like that. It'll be, and Schreiber's doing that. He's doing that weird, glassy action figure but, but thing. But he also does have that weird underlying anger. You know, it's like yeah, he's hokey. In, in the same way that you like watch a saber tooth. 
He's got a kind of. He's more like Sabretooth in this movie. Sabretooth kind of, and his nails are very long. And he does get from where he's filing them. He gets from one place to another by kind of hovering on yeah, all fours yeah, and pawing at the air. Rancing, yeah, like, but he's got a wire. It's like when you see a very small dog walking around and its feet are barely touching. <laughs> Wait, I don't know how anything works. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like right. floating over like, the air. Like the legs are too short to reach the ground. It's like, it's like a little puppet type thing. And it's, it's, like it's like when like Yogi smells a picnic basket and yes. his nose sort of pricks up and then his whole uh, body just sort of follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a Monterey Jack situation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, glad thank you for updating it for today's youth. Yes, the great Monterey Jack. <laughs> we all know the great Monterey the Jack. The great Monterey Jack like a he passed hero. away recently. A war hero. Uh, no, but it is an interesting thing that like um he's named that because his jacket's made out of Monterey cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from Monterey. Oh. <laughs> his name is John Mouston and he's from Monterey. <laughs> they call him Monterey Jack. Um there is that big like structural difference where in the original film where you're kind of jumping back and forth between Sinatra and Harvey. You're not seeing Lansbury much at all. Sure. And until the end, she just feels like she's like part of the sort of window dressing of the world that they're building. Um, although, you know, a colorful performance, but doesn't feel like she's part sure. of this larger plot. Mm. Um, but but the Sinatra character also is not uh, like seemingly going mad in the same way. As no, much as he has Sinatra. a nervy right. energy, right. Sinatra nervy. always keeps right. it cool and is not part of the plot that everyone's like, this guy might be losing his fucking That's mind. The thing. Yeah. Yeah, Washington has that energy of like, if you walked into a grocery store, someone would be like, get, get out of right. here. What, what are oh, you yeah. doing? You can, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, That's one thing I enjoyed about the movie. I don't think it's necessarily a better choice. It's just a different choice. But I did kind of like that this movie got across to me like this particular horror of knowing that someone has messed with your brain. Yeah. And, and the paranoia. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I like any movie that's about someone who's right, right. getting increasingly manic right. to a degree where no but one will believe like, that. Well, I don't paranoid, like that because right. I've been living it for well, so long. Well, that's, I yeah. think, what I like about it. <laughs> that I feel represented where I see a movie where someone is 100% correct. Wait, stop biting my shoulder. <laughs> There's a chip in there. Also, you're delicious. And um, I'm, even the glitter helps. I, 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 like that, I like that scene where he first digs the chip out of his own shoulder and then she startles him. And he drops it, and he's like fumbling with an open knife. Yeah, and trying to get it out of the and Whoa, she like, seem You to- all right, bro? And he's like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's revealed she's an agent, but she doesn't yeah. seem to notice that he's got a bloody wound on his shoulder or anything. No, and I, I thought it was. I was telling my wife, I'm like, Oh no, that's simple. He just needs to open the pee trap. He'll get. It, he'll fish it out. <laughs> I thought that was like such a nice mix of like funny and horrible too, because it is like. It could be a sitcom moment where like, blah, 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 I mean, blah, it's up there blah, in like, some ways with my favorite moment in Minority Report when he drops his, his eyeball yeah. or drops the eyeball he brought with him, I guess. And it's like, and it's bouncing along. <laughs> the it's always good to throw some hijinks into your paranoid thriller. But I think with Denzel Washington's performance, sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. go ahead. It's like, the, it's like it works so well. But what mm-hmm. doesn't work is the other characters don't react to him the way you would react to a crazy. Well, that, he's maybe yes. like ten percent too right. crazy. Yeah, looking. and right. that that is the weird shift is like Sinatra is just kind of driving the plot as like the guy who's figuring the whole thing out. And when he presents his theories to people, they're like, "That's crazy. Go take a vacation." But no one's <laughs> like, you know, he's not being chased in the same sort of way. He's not like, well, like he like shambles up to John Voight, and John Voight's like, "You make a lot of good points. He's, I should right. probably just take this right to Shaw." He's, he's like, "Well, you have a crazy man's violent notebook with a lot of crazy drawings. You have a, and I shouldn't say crazy about someone, but you have a printout of a scientist's face from the internet, and you have something that you found on an article about that same scientist." 
This is yeah, lining it's just, up. It's just compelling I mean, evidence. It is the era when you could just look on something on the internet and people be like, oh, this was on the internet? Well, I mean, trusted resource for information. <laughs> right. Yeah, you exactly. use printer ink on this? <laughs> pretty I, will, but I do You wanna... did go on the information superhighway. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is a post-Gulf War movie rather mm-hmm. than a post-Korea War. Yes. You know, and um, uh, Gulf War Syndrome. Like, it's feeding into the Gulf yes. War Syndrome thing, which was sort of like, why have these guys all got, like, inexplicable diseases and mental illnesses? Post Gulf War well, that no one could really explain, the, and it felt so conspiratorial. Right. The, thing, the thing that we have that America seems to have to learn after every war is that war fucks people up really badly. Yeah, it's real rough on folks. It's like, yeah. hold on, how come when you went over and you killed all those human beings, and, and also then you we, got hurt, you're not totally yeah. okay now? Right. You're not you totally know, cool. In constant fear that one or both of those things would happen <laughs> yeah. at any moment. So yeah. that's his, he keeps going up. He's like, I'm having weird dreams, man, and everyone's like, Yeah, I, I know. know, Ben, yeah. it's all right. Yeah, yeah you're on the tough. other side yeah. now. We all know the war right. fucks people up, and they <laughs> pumped you full of all sorts of weird shit. But then the other change they're making in terms of uh, the you know um, Prent, Eleanor Prentice Shaw is that in 1962 the idea of a female senator who would right. run the show was obviously yeah. that's not a thing. But, but, but now I'll, they can you know play in that. They can give her a Hillary yes. haircut, but. There's also then the she other. She says like I based it on Peggy Noonan or whatever. You know, like they can they can play. She totally did not base it on Peggy Noonan. Oh uh, no, because no. <laughs> she, she based it on Hillary Clinton. 100%. Yeah, that's the uh, person she based it on. Because right Peggy there. Noonan talks like this. She goes, "I found it <laughs> fascinating that when he talked about voters, <laughs> I mean, she has like Hillary teeth in this. Yes, it took me a while to realize yes. she's wearing fake teeth. She clearly oh, like flappers. <laughs> <sighs> but but then the other thing is that the original it is Angela Lansbury's new husband, yes, who is the stepfather, is yeah. the vice presidential candidate, yeah, and uh, the the Manchurian candidate, so to speak, is who they have trained to take the shot, yes, uh, and this flips it where then like the Denzel character is the one who's trained to take the shot on the son who is also the candidate, which simplifies it simplifies things, it. right, right. It does. It's, it's weird when he shoots them though, because he shoots Leave Schreiber in the back, right? Yeah, with a memory. While bullet. he's hugging, uh, while he's yeah, hugging, right, while bullet, he's hugging his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they fall down, he's bloody on his tummy, and she's bloody on her chest. Well, it went, and, went straight through. Yeah, downward angle. Yeah. Wait, but well, down into the right. Wait, well, because it would have to bounce, baby. Hmm. Rubber kind of, bullet. Yep. Uh, I think. Let's shake the film. I I don't know whether anyone filmed it, but let's let's go back to the tape. He might be a wanted. Oh, that's the secret thing. Yeah, there is that scene where he takes a bath and you know heals all his wounds, right? And And then he goes to his loom. You see that big tiger tattoo. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh He's got the future loom. You can see everything is going to happen. Scrimshaws his bullets. It like it makes it even weirder though that they send him to go kill Senator Jordan Mm -hmm. because in the old movie they they're turning Raymond Shaw into a brainwashed assassin, and she is. Horrified, and that's yeah. why she's like, "We're going to become president, and then we're going to destroy them for right. what they did to you." And she gives them that big old smooch on the mouth. Yeah. But then, uh, in this one, and the, and the Manchurian global people are like, "We invested a lot of money in this. Why did you send him to go kill some people?" Right. And I'm like, "That's a good point, movie." But then, right, there's that direct flip where in the original it is Angela Lansbury is like, "I'm down with the cause. I did not realize you were going to be the one yeah, who became right. the brainwashed assassin." Right. And in this, they were like, "Meryl, we thought you were down with the cause," and she's like, "I am. That's why I chose my son." <laughs> Against your best wishes. I mean, all those changes are, I I think, to what Dan said, if you're going to remake a movie, and especially a movie that fundamentally works, 
why not do the thought experiment of yeah. what if it's this instead of this? Yeah, why of not course. approach it from a different angle? Aside from the fact that you're like making it about big money influences and all these other things. And it creepy is, doctors. Right, it's, it's worth the test of what if it is more of a man losing his mind, you know? What if you're changing their roles within the thing, the levels of complicity, all these sorts of things. Um, it certainly works better than the other – Favorite movie of mine remade by Denzel Washington, The Taking of Pelham 123. Yes. Where they make a lot of – they also make a lot of changes to see what will happen and it's like those changes do not particularly pay right. They don't. I mean the original is a masterpiece well, and the I remake is so very much. silly. But they, but they but, kept the last shot, right? Uh, yeah, with Denzel Washington going, mm. <laughs> That is another shabby Washington remake though. I forgot about that. that he's also glasses. shabby in that movie. Yeah, like, He's shabby but then he keeps calling back to his – is it that one or Inside Man? Where he's calling back to his wife. No, inside it's, it's, it's inside, inside man. Wife, yeah. It's yeah. inside yeah. man where his wife's job yeah. is to was to lie around in underwear and call him and say like, "When you coming home, baby?" Like right. that's I forgot. That's an inside man. Right. He gives her the ring at the end. Yeah. 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 Although inside man's uh, a great like a movie. It's so. a fantastic movie. Yeah. I want to watch it again. It's right basically now. the new taking of Pelham One Two Three, much more than the remake of Pelham. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly right. Because right. it is that, a movie about New York at that moment when the movie was made. Yes. But Pelham One Two Three is one of those movies where it's like, why why fuck with it? It is so tightly constructed. I kind of I kind of like the Tony Scott. Really? Even the part where they're supposed to show that a train is out of control, so they should put it in slow motion. And you're like, Tony Scott is putting something in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's weird for Tony Scott. I'm saying it's weird for that moment of storytelling. It's not a good movie. (laughs) There's stuff going on. Like there isn't many a Tony Scott movie. The original is so near and dear to my heart that like it's not like I prefer the original. My my point is less. But it's got that weird kind of Tony Scott hates rich people so much, and all his movies end up being about that. Yeah. And like it's like, you know, the sort of Shabby civil servant defeating the Wall Street guy. Don, John Travolta is yeah. an evil Wall Street guy. I mean, guy I, I, but they, I mean, it's Gandolfini one of those. Gandolfini is like a weird Bloomberg type right. who's like kind yeah. of Gandolfini's the, the mayor in that? Yeah, it's he's crazy. He's the mayor and he's yeah. like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and the movie does, uh, I mean, time has caught up with the movie because at the time I was like, how are they going to get a Wi Fi signal on the subway? Yeah, right, right, now right you can now. do that. Yep. I'm like, you know what? Maybe that movie is a little bit more prophetic than do I you thought. Think, yeah. Do you think that movie is why they spent $120 million installing Wi-Fi at every station, letting yes. everything else about <laughs> Tony Scott to rot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's why they said they were like, criminals could hijack a train, get a police officer at every turnstile in the city. Yeah, right. Cuomo was like, I had to. I saw Pelham 1, 2, 3. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. It was on TNT. <laughs> I would it's watchable. It. We all know that Cuomo is devoted to installing the prettiest staircases Ugh. that he can find at a few select stations. Such beautiful. Can we talk? I mean, as a bunch of as a yeah, bunch yeah. of you know people who have have ridden the rails before, sure. uh-huh. hobos. Yeah. Some, some of these staircases at these subway stations. I have a hard time resisting giving them a smooch. They're so beautiful. <laughs> They're so pretty that I'm overcome with romance. I want to pop the question. Oh sure. Uh, weirdly. The ones that aren't so pretty, I just want to cuddle them up. I just right. gather my arms. They're like, lovable. They're underdogs. Yeah. I see you for who you really are inside. You got good bones. <laughs> uh, but Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, Dan, you made a good point. Thanks. Yeah. The, I've, you, you know what? I've one, been dude. waiting years for you to say that, Elliot, and now <laughs> we can wrap up this podcasting thing. You did good, Dan. You did good. Yeah. Well, yes. No, it is that thing where like the structure of something like Pelham 123 is so strong. The basic uh-huh. ideas are so strong, and it's uh-huh. so primarily like a thriller. Yeah. That's like it's not that you can't remake it, but don't fuck with the story too much because the thing works for a reason. Right. But Manchurian, you can flip a bunch of the details. There are a bunch of different realities that make sense yeah. in the weeds of it, which I think they explore all well. And the films, 
as someone who watched the two of them almost back to back with a little uh, ami bouche of uh, trolls, trolls the experience <laughs> in between. Yeah, uh, is 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 that they serve as interesting counterpoints? I mean, they're kind of like in dialogue with each other. Yes, they don't really negate each other. It's just you almost want. I mean, Demi's too good a director to really. Well, Truth About Charlie is close to a fiasco, but you yeah. almost figure, oh well, this should just be a fiasco. It should, right? Because it's not a masterpiece. It is not, but it is pretty watchable. It's got some sequences that sort of pop, it, and it Schreiber's is kind of good. Like you know, there's like performances you can sort of root for. I would argue it's but one it's of, kind of like a seven. Out it's of 10. kind of a seven, but and and not that it needs to be graded on the scale. I'd argue it's one of the better remakes of a movie this good. I sure I agree in terms of how much it doesn't embarrass the original, how much it sort of stands on its own while like exploring new things, but, but respecting what low worked. bar, obviously. low bar, low bar. Almost always movies like this are like. Why the fuck did they even touch it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it adds things to the conversation. I don't know if I would go that far, but it's certainly not one of the worst remakes. I mean, you're yes. saying it came out the same year as Stepford Wives, right? Right. Correct. And that is a much exactly. worse. No, no, exactly. Remake. Right. And, and you think about this after Truth to About good. Charlie. Like, you yeah. think of the landscape it's coming out within the, the All the King's re- Men remake. Oh, you know, geez, I'm thinking right. like 2000s. Like with Sean that was Penn, the right? same year, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Or maybe the year after. I think it got bumped. Yeah, good call. Get out of there. But like 2,000 I mean, remakes I'm, of I'm like canonical films. I don't oh. even like the old All the King's Men with Broderick Crawford that much. but Yeah, I think that's a good call. But it's you a, look at like, an outdated movie. we yeah. know what's possible with remakes because yeah. we've seen the thing. Yes. And we know it's possible to take, in that case, they took a good movie and they right. made an amazing movie out of yeah. it. But like you want it, I, it makes me wish that they had pushed Mentoring Candidate even farther into that weird direction yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're, it, it almost, watching it today, I was like, this could be something they could continue remaking every 30 years. Manchurian? Sure. Yeah, yeah. there's something yeah. sort of so elemental about it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the basic concept still has all this potency whenever we're talking about whatever political landscape we're in. Sure. It always fucking comes up. Um, there's always a, a well, scary a, a phrase for a political candidate who is being governed by some outside interest. Like right. it's just become the buzz, the byword for that. Right. Right. Manchurian candidate. Manchurian candidate. About this movie, I insist. Um, it's the fact that they decided to do the assassination of the what is it, the presidential candidate at the in, in, at the uh, at the convention at the convention. Sure. Oh, no, like, at the no at the victory party, yes. the night yeah. of the at election. The victory party, the That's part that has the most uh, security right. and is most likely to be an inside job if that happens. Like they couldn't wait like a week. But Rachel, you of all people should understand that they have the guy working the soundboard on their side. And if the soundboard is with you, you can get away with anything. And they are able to repaint the the security footage at the end. That's kind of an incredible. So seamless. I wish Photoshop was that good. Yeah. Well, so in the original one, oh, they have this whole plan. She says, uh, Angela Lansbury is explaining it to Lawrence Harvey. It's a great scene when she's just explaining it. She goes, you're going to, when he says, my lo- country before my life, you will sh- take the shot. And then your stepfather cradling the bloody head of this man will give the most amazing speech. She's like, I've read it. It's the most amazing speech. They've been working on it over there for five years. And it will electrify this country and sweep us into the White House with powers never before dreamed and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, they will kind of walk you through why it's going to be this big moment yeah. where suddenly- It's a piece he, of political theater. Yeah, a piece like, of political yeah, theater right, and right, off right. The, seemingly off the top of his head, he's going to deliver this amazing speech that- Like a Mark Anthony style, yeah, like exactly. Roman's countryman. But here speech. they're just like, 
we're going to take him out. And then you're the dude. Like, right. that's how it works. Because right, so you're, like, you're vice president. <laughs> they get to be president. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah, right. They'll check a, with the referee who's sitting at the sidelines. Yeah. yeah there's a referee who goes, I'll allow yeah. it. There's Make sure in the he doesn't says, dance with you, though. Because <laughs> then you might Can't get do. a double bullet shot. But don't twirl. <laughs> no twirling. No twirling. But there's also a uh, – I mean, it's also in the original movie – they make a big point of breaking Lawrence Harvey's programming. Yeah. Whereas in this, they just kind of decide not to be brainwashed anymore. The implication is the Farmiga thing yeah. just kind of flips it, right? I guess it's but time that, for the brainwasher well, no, to the, flip the, the script the, on the brainwasher. Well, the, the, the shoulder bite. Yeah, yeah it's oh, a the shoulder bite. Oh, they take right. the chips out. It's like, yeah. a, like Beautiful right. Mind. It just stops being... I did, oh, boy. I, I yeah. didn't realize, too, that like it, it makes more sense in the original version what you're saying that like... Okay, they need to put this sleeper agent in the White House. Like they're not sure they can do it, so they need something that's going to elect him. Like like to sweep him into office. Yeah. Like if they already right. have some of the power, like even if it's the vice president, it seems like why do they have to like involve an assassination? It's the thing this? that makes like, no sense. Well, and he also, literally gets elected president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got the vice president as a candidate, as yeah. Yeah. and he's very young. Why can't wait you a just couple years? Wait, wait exactly. for the terms. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah, and he's amazing looking. He's Lee Schreiber. Yeah, right. And honestly, get yeah. one of those chip things. Put it in the president someday. Right. I don't yeah. know. Right. To be see what honest, that does. and I'm sure Demi had some ideas about this. I want to see the campaign. They ran an amazing campaign. <laughs> they did, you know what? They, they, they were fair and You see, you see the electoral map. It looks like they, yeah. they, you know, they've gotten quadrants of every part of the country. Oh yeah, I mean, they, the they, only they're place, healing the nation. The, I mean, the only place that they were up was the opponent's home state of Kentucky. That's I think right. they said, but other, you know. But you start pretty much with Merrill working, working the room to get her son. The, the nod. On the yes. ticket, yeah. Right. Yes. And then the movie doesn't really pay attention to their campaign at all until election night. No, then it becomes more just shabby Denzel. Right. Shoulder biting, Farmiga, Kimberly Elise kind Elise of coming in and out. has a lot more to do than Janet Lee did in the original. She, yes. oh, she's got more of like a job to do. That's the yes. thing. Yeah. Right. It feels yeah. like Janet Lee's are, in it a lot, but mostly just as a love interest. Right. They are yeah. kind of a, they're kind of addressing the Reddit fan complaints, I guess, <laughs> yes. about Janet Lee's scene main scene of entering candidate which is one of the craziest conversations the train scene yes is in the history bananas? of movies and I love it it makes yeah. no sense that she's like he is they're on a train together he's struggling to light a cigarette and it falls in his drink and he's just like oh, I can't handle it and goes outside for a breath of air and she is so aroused by this that she walks out and she's like you know, I was one of the original Chinese workers that worked on this railroad. And you're like, what? And the conversation gets weirder from there. <laughs> she changes her name four times within the span of the conversation. Yeah. Sure. Like, you can't tell if someone's, like, brainwashing him or deprogramming like, him or activating him. I'm Eugenia Rose, but I hate Eugenia. Anyone call you Rosie? Not if they want to be my friend. They don't. Like, it's, By it's the a, way, my name's Terry. <laughs> like, everything is yeah. like. And so that was like, for a long time, it would be like, oh, I guess, is she just, like, cycling through trigger phrases? Yeah, right. And But I like the idea that she's just like. She's just this pixie dream girl picks, picks yeah. him up on a train. It's like because from that point on, she has no plot purpose. She's right. just there to help him yes, rebuild as a, a human being. It, it, it is, it is yeah. better to have her be a federal agent. It sure. makes sense that she's spending this much time the around. The only this really problem is guy. that the FBI is like, we're on this kid. We think something's up with the yeah. whole Manchurian Global. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're controlling the presidential race. We're looking into it. Do you know, like, you know, like, they, right, they, yeah. they're, like, close but no cigar. <laughs> we got our best man on it. He's a shambling, crazy person. And, like, it's not only that, like, they, they're they on it. Like, once it's done, they're, like, happy to frame them because they don't have quite enough evidence, Yeah, I guess. right. They're like, yeah, let's just push it over the line. Yeah. Cut yeah. to Manchurian Global in their, like, room of evil. Yeah. And it's, like, Dean Stockwell and, and Jude Chicodlela. And they're yeah. just like, fuck, we almost had it. And ah, God damn it. I do, I they're do manipulating really like... evidence to 
help a double murder yes. committing man yes. to go to just live on his life. I like, do love how he, you know, he's suspicious that she is part of the conspiracy against him. And then he's not only validated that she's part of a conspiracy, but like an even like one he didn't even consider. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Actually, I like that because there's, there's something kind state. of Philip K. Dick about it. Yeah, yeah. It's also funny that their strategy seems to be both in like trailing Denzel and their ultimate casing of the uh, the victory party mm. is like something's definitely going on. We're going to let it play out and then we'll arrest the people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, actually, that's, I mean, you can't arrest someone for a crime no, they haven't totally, committed. totally, totally. But, but they're never – Close enough to being able to stop it from yeah, happening. She sees Liev nod at the rafters, and from that, she's like, "I get it. He's letting Denzel kill him." Yeah, no, right. no, I got. I put it's this cool, together. Guys, yeah. just yells, it's cool, guys. She just yells, "It's cool." He's in on I it. I figured it out. Um, Can I say something that I do like though? Please. I really do like the scene where he kills with the the scene where they're all sitting, you know, down in the hypnosis tent and yeah. they kill each other. Yeah, yeah it's is super scary. Truly unsettling. And also Pablo Schreiber is Liev Schreiber's half-brother. Which is really weird Which that they really cast weird. them in the same they movie. They cast them in the same movie. But but to the point of like what's so unnerving in the original film is that everything is presented so matter-of-factly. So many of the killings happen so methodically and without any sort of like razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle. The, the hotel. But this is post-Chicago's Oscar win, so you had to razzle-dazzle. <laughs> you did. Yeah. That's true. Right. Yeah. They so told us that. Gotta give them the razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle. I mean, you don't yeah. want to end up being a Mr. Cellophane. Exactly. They'll hardly know you're there. Right, exactly. That, and They'll, that's what happened to um, uh, Miguel Ferrer. Sure, they'll never even know you were there. No, yeah, they, they, they're they uh, disobeying the Ten Commandments of movies at the time. One, park the car. <laughs> Two, I know a whoopie spot. Three, gin cold. Four, music hot. <laughs> yes. Piano hot. Piano hot, sorry. <sighs> Bruno Look, I know it's just a noisy hall where there's a nightly yeah, crawl. Bruno Guns <laughs> I can't remember every like word. Hot off a downfall. What's it's? I think the same year as yeah. downfall. Oh, except wow. in this, he's just like oh, I'm a crazy oh, scientist. I've, I've never seen anything like what this. What I love is that they introduce Bruno Gans with no ex, no yes. general explanation. Yeah, it's just he's like, like he has a friend who's a scientist. Yeah, the right. To, right. Yeah. To, the to the crazy man, yeah. like it's not like he's a special agent. That <laughs> he's just there, and it's also like I was like, all I know at first is that. He's a guy who knows a lot about brains, and he has some, like, chimps in cages. Yeah. Does he work yeah. at the zoo? Like, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Maybe. Well, then, like, his fourth scene, he explains, like, you saved me. You got sure. me out of a bad spot. You gave me my citizenship, so I owe you. But it's also, like, Sinatra early on in the original is going, like, I think there's some weird brainwashing thing. And they're like, we don't believe you, but keep on showing up to the office every day at 9 a.m. <laughs> And in this movie, they're like fucking dismissed. Go take your pills, you loony. Yeah. Right. So Bruno Gans has to function as like the guy that he's sharing his yeah, theories yeah. with. He's the Watson to his. Yeah, he's like his. He shaky I jerk. believe you. Yes. Right. And he's investing. He's he's looking at the oh, tracers. Never seen anything like yeah. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think of other differences that are interesting compared. I mean, you were talking about the the um, the senator's daughter. Yeah. Which uh, in the original, Josie. it's also the senator is from a rival party. Yes. Mm -hmm. In the, yeah, in the original. Angela, uh, he is his family is, is essentially they never say the names. His family is essentially conservative, right? And the opposite is, and Senator Jordan is liberal. That's he's right. like, I once won a libel case against your mother. I think what angered her more was I donated it all to an organization called the American Civil Liberties Union. Right, right. And that's not a good and that's not a good impression of John MacGyver. If you want but, to hear a good impression of John MacGyver, listen to any episode of Gilbert Gottfried's <laughs> podcast since he does it every episode. <laughs> But it is one of those things where, like, the original is so much about, uh, like, the Red Scare. Yes. Yeah. And the the candidate who is the stepfather mm -hmm. instead of the brainwashed son is running on, like, a McCarthy-esque, like, we're going to find all the commies, where they're hiding, That's and one call of the, the names. One of the good jokes in it is that 
is when he's he's like, babe, you got to give me a number, a communist. Like you keep changing the numbers, and he's putting ketchup on his burger, <laughs> and she goes, hmm, and then cuts him going. There's 57 communists, and and it's like, come on, guys, that's a silly joke. He but, needs a specific target. Yeah, but there, there's, I think that was a change they made deliberately too. Was totally. it was like, let's show that in the in the old one, the irony is that it's the conservatives who should be the the cold warriors right. are the ones who are in bed with. The communists. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, we're going to make it that the Democrats, who should be anti-corporate, are in bed with this evil corporation. Right. Right. And it's like – Because they'll do anything to win an election. Yeah, and right. again, right. in those halcyon naive days of the Iraq war, yep. when before we knew that like, oh no, like well, one side is, is genuinely like a lot worse <laughs> like in what it does in everything. It was like – they, you know, they were just doing that stuff. Everyone had voted for – not everyone, but yeah. obviously I mean this parties. is a, this yeah. is a movie that votes for Ralph Nader. Which is totally. which I'm not crazy about. Demi might have voted for Ralph De- Nader. I you don't know. Almost guarantee that in two thousand Ralph Nader. Certainly in two thousand. I don't yeah. think yeah. he's voted. I mean, he didn't vote for Ralph Nader in 2012. That would be crazy. Well, no, he definitely did vote. Um, he voted for Bernie. But it is that thing where, like, when <laughs> when Angela Lansbury, you got the fundraising email too. <laughs> when the Angela Lansbury character is like complaining about the idea of her son marrying the senator's yeah. daughter, it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. He's going to turn my son into a commie. Like, that's the big fear. Yeah, yeah. And then in this, the rival senator is the other guy who almost got the vice presidential nomination, who is ostensibly part of the same ideology as them. Well, I guess there's, a, there's, a, real, there's a real yeah. difference in that it's like the left wing of the Republic, of the Democratic Party and the centrist, like, right. neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party, which, like, is a real difference. Totally. It's not such a big difference that it would be like, don't ever date his daughter. Like, right. That's. I mean, I don't think anyone would have voted him for him if they saw him kayak. I mean, <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> that is the Stay most above water guys. Terrible form. <laughs> terrible form. The most real thing to me is that even the ultra liberal member has a country house and goes right. kayaking yeah, and goes as kayaking an old man. At Seven a.m. Yeah. Yes. But I love, as you said, though, that in the original, you spend a lot more time with him and the daughter. Like it's about hour in that he explains. I think to Sinatra, like I had. This one love that right. got away from me. Right. They flash back. You spend like six or seven minutes. Here in it's just like, do you remember when you were mean to her at a party, right. mom? And she's like, well, I don't think I was that mean. Anyway, he, he reconnects with her. Right. They get married. They have a little honeymoon. Like and it's, every, so, it's and it's so, and it's like it's such it's that because well, they've they've discarded all the solitaire stuff. Yeah, which I get no pun intended. I love the solitaire. <laughs> but I love the solitaire and that Can't she that. when they reconnect, she's wearing a she's, she's wearing the Queen of Diamonds costume, which is lovely. And it's another one that's like kind of a joke and kind of not. Yeah, and that. She dis they her mom is looking his mom is looking for him and she sees that costume and there's just like oh no <laughs> like, uh, right. like what happened it's- but as much as the Lawrence Harvey character is unlikable you know he's giving an icy performance everyone talks about how he's an unlikable guy you spend enough time with him that you can view him as a somewhat tragic figure yeah whereas even though Liev is playing at moments the like. The fighting, those moments where he sort of confides in Denzel. Yeah, like there's an animal inside him. Right. Like there's a saber tooth that's trying to get out. There are right. nails that he wishes could grow. Yeah. The guy is a little bit hard to really wrap your head around as a human being. Yes. And but that's how people feel about politicians these days. I agree. They're like, I'm not I mean, it's like that just it's that thing where Obama's like, here are the movies I saw this year. He releases a list of what, 15 movies. And yeah. people are like, He's never seen a movie or had a feeling. This is made up. This is some corporate list created by, you know, it's like he probably watches fucking movies. It's not that crazy. Yeah. He has a d- movies d- like Last Man Standing. He makes yeah. movies. He's a fucking d- Del- development Del- 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 guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he watches the souvenir. Podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, it's but, not crazy, guys. And although it is true that the more you read about 
presidents, the more you realize that all of them are weird dudes. It's fucking weird. Why would all... anyone do that for a living? Yeah, it's a strange job to assume you should want or get. Yeah. And so you read about them, you're like, how did? And you're like, how did any of these people get elected president? They're right. all like They're such all damaged insane. individuals. Yeah. Right. Except of course for Obama, who we'll find out, you know, after his passing, which I hope is not for many years, some crazy thing about him. Um, I, I do like the 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 thing that's nice about the solitaire trigger is like as opposed to it just being a phone call and then it's immediate snap. Uh-huh. There's this amazing fucking third act scene where Sinatra figures it out. Yeah, he puts together the Queen of Hearts thing and then he buys a trick ma- a magician's deck that's all Queen of Hearts. Of course, which are he readily has, available. Of course, right, on he has every Lawrence Harvey I mean, play yeah, it. To over be fair, and in over the 1960s and over there again. were a lot more magic novelty I, shops. I, I, you're <laughs> right. You're right. And also, it was like, what else am I going to do today except yeah. buy a magician's novelty? Of the 52 card cards, yeah. the Queen of Hearts is obviously the one that would be, you know, in a novelty deck. I just assume the card, the, the the store back then, magic and novelty tricks were such huge business that they uh-huh. had 52 different decks mm-hmm. you could choose uh-huh. from, yep. each with your own favorite card, like as a the board one card license plate. Is yeah. what you're saying. Like a what? Abort license plate. Oh, yeah, like abort. I thought you said a porn license plate. Yeah, yeah a porn it, license plate. It reminded me of if I could talk about something completely unrelated to this. Uh-huh. Uh, my flight here from Los Angeles. Of course, Congratulations. Holly, thank you. Holly <laughs> Weird is a strange place. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy who wore to the airport and on the plane his Pornhub Christmas sweater, wow. which said Pornhub in big letters and had the design of snowmen with penises and <laughs> whips and chains. Oh, sweater. I, I've seen oh, it. Oh, right on there. <laughs> and, it's on Instagram. See, seeing this guy on, on the line for the bathroom, yeah. and as my wife described, watching this woman who clearly did not approve, standing behind him waiting on line for the bathroom, <laughs> just being like, oh, I'm looking, and I was I'm, like, that I'm is a bold move and to wear Elliot, a pornographic sweater. Elliot, just quick question. Why did you feel the need to describe a sweater that you yourself are currently wearing? <laughs> 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 Look, because again, it's radio. Sure. <laughs> no, okay, say, it's it for the says, listener. Uh, ho, 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 but it's spelled differently. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, no, it's not that explicit because, again, you have to be able to wear it at the airport. Yeah, right. of course. And you have to wear it at the <laughs> I mean, you know, like Knitting is not usually a detail thing either. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like it's like when I got super into anime, uh-huh. I started buying all-over print button-down shirts with samurais on them. <laughs> yes. If I were to, say, change that interest to one of pornography, maybe I'd uh, like to show that off by purchasing a Christmas sweater. A novelty Christmas sweater that has I'm get what like crudely drawn figures with wieners. Yeah, yeah, okay. but there's no yeah. man they've carried. I mean, wieners. you you neglected to say. I mean, perhaps I mean go, I didn't. Perhaps, perhaps this goes without saying, Elliot. You neglected to say that the penis is a carrot. Yes, yeah, that's oh, I neglected like to say. That changes everything, actually. <laughs> what I couldn't get over was the debate in my head. Is that something he purchased, or does he work at Pornhub? Right, and that's what they gave out this year as the holiday gift. Can oh, I throw yeah. out a third option? Yes, please. He's like a journalist. <laughs> who got it as a free gift at the end of the year? Uh-huh. You know he's like on the mailing list. I see. Yeah, that was so because he's a voter for the sweater sweaty he's awards. A voter for the sweaters. <laughs> so he gets a lot of sweaters called? in the mail. What do you, What do you think the sweater awards would be called, my friend? And yeah. he was he was getting out of his Uber at the airport, and his coat got stuck in the door, and it got ripped off, and he got super scared because he was super cold. So he reached into his swag bag mm-hmm. that he got from the sweaty awards. Uh, he got it. <laughs> Pulled out the first sweaty. I, you found. I assume That's I'm just. What I call a sweater. I assume I'll just pull out the sweater from Noggin, the right. children's entertainment channel. Because he had also accidentally he had squeezed a, a lemon slice into his tea and squirted <laughs> in his eyes. He <laughs> yeah. couldn't see. Yeah, and the he sun was, was so blindly bright. putting on the first sweater in the sunlight. <laughs> that low winter sun in L.A. It was yes. just like you know it is blinding yeah. too. 
I'm glad we solved this mystery. I'm so glad we solved this mystery. I will also say the guy looked like a total creep. He's like a total me. creepy wow. perv. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was just a fucking creep. Um, yeah, his face is covered in troll glitter. <laughs> <laughs> he still the remnants of green paint <laughs> under his nose. Is there anything else we want to say about Jonathan Demi's film, The Manchurian Candidate? <laughs> Before we play the box office. Well, oh, what I wanted to say, yes. what I like about the um, the solitaire scene, the Queen of Hearts scene, if I could just speed around two You're jokes. You're talking about the Frankenheimer movie, though. I'm going to all use right, this as right, a point right. of contrast. All right, fine. First of all, I just want to say, before Juliana got rid of all the magic shops in New York City, <laughs> I like to think, because we were talking about this, mm. That it wasn't just that you could get any deck with 52 of the same card, but that it was like the M&M store where they were sort of on tap <laughs> yeah, and you could yeah. mix and match, customize Yeah, why not have a deck, deck with seven jacks exactly. and ten tens? <laughs> right. If it was a good store before Juliana got rid of it, right. you could probably make your own deck. Okay? That was important. I had to like get that a, Like assembly a magic deck. Yes. But yeah, it, a literal a magic trick deck. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh-huh. There's the yeah, scene. you got to have a lot of mana. Yes. Now I, I want to see the party magician who uses magic cards. That'd be amazing. Is this the prodigal sorcerer you were looking for? That unquestionably exists, it right? It has to be, right? There have to be magicians who use collectible card games. God, that sounds so depressing. I assume they hit the, the Comic-Con circuit, the same way that there are bands that do like yes. Comic-Con and, circuits. And burlesque that's themed around magic cards. Yes. Um... <laughs> Do you think there's a comedy and magic club that instead of being the comedy and magic club is for comedy and magic the gathering? Did you have anything sure. you wanted I to did. say about the Manchurian Candidate? This is what <laughs> I wanted to say. Uh-huh. You have this scene where Sinatra figures out the thing with the deck yeah. and has Lawrence Harvey play solitaire and every card he plays down is a queen of hearts and he just gets triggered again and again sure. and again. Right. So he's able to have this very transparent conversation with him and deprogram him. And it's such an exciting scene. I understand what the way they've set up the movie because they want... No, he has to bite his shoulder instead. And they also, they yeah. want Denzel to be the shooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. rearranged the plot. They so, want yeah, Liev, yeah. but it... But it gets to this sort of core tension of the movie and also gives such a good acting showcase for playing the sort of weird programming and deprogramming, which I don't think this film ever totally gets at. No, but this— I don't think you have that sort of activation, deactivation thing, which in this movie, when it happens, it's a much bigger swing, right? He sort of goes in and out of Terminator mode. And he does— the demi close up to sort of indicate that it's happening. You know, Which for this right movie, it makes face. sense because this is a movie that's about like looking someone in the eye and trying to figure out right. if they're on but the level. Also, like the, the novel is the most explicit about the mother's incestuous relationship with her son, and this they're kind of doing that. She kisses him on the lips. And no, she, but she the novel is very explicit. The novel is much more. Yes, much more explicit. And in this, they you know they have them embracing. Yeah. They're trying to sort of like bring that full circle with the kind of. Um, and don't they oh, show that he's either. been deprogrammed because all the tears fell out at the end? Going oh, oh, possibly, possibly. Like, do you think that there was a shot originally where they went up to Liev Schreiber's dead body and all his hair had fallen out? And they're like, oh, his brain's back to normal now. <laughs> right. It kind of does feel like maybe that's the implication. But then also maybe put a couple bandages on and throw a scar on the back. Yeah, sure, I don't know. Right. Um, but they, I, but I, I do they, miss that kind of thing that also is like in the scenes where you're seeing them in the sort of flower shop hotel hallucination mm. and they're clicking in and out of murdering people. There's something about it being presented so plainly and having the actors yeah. just sell how casually what they're doing shifts that I think this movie cranks it up to a degree where even though the plot points are different, so you can't replicate the exact same scenes. I, I miss that kind of pure actor showcased oscillation between the uh, the programming and uh, normal mode. I don't sure. know. It feels like, it feels like there's, a, there's not a lot of different tones yes. in this one. It's a very – and it means you're at 10 in terms of like on edge. You're at 10 the whole time, but it doesn't – 
it doesn't have a lot of places to go. So by the end, you're like, oh, okay. I yeah. guess they're like, I guess they're flipping the script. I don't know. This yeah. is as opposed to in the, there's a, I highly recommend in the BFI Film Classic series, Grail Marcus writes one about the old Manchurian candidate, and which is a different movie. It's called The Old Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> and, yeah. but, uh, it's like Old Man Logan. You know, yeah. He talks like, about. Right. He's old now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, I don't want to be brainwashed anymore. All right. right one exactly. last adventure. One last brainwashing. Uh, the, uh, he describes the movie. I think the way he describes it is like it's a movie that instead of pulling the rug, it pulls the rug out from under you and you realize there's no floor. Right. And there never has been a floor. Yeah. And this movie doesn't. It, I think because it doesn't dra- draw you in the same way because it's always at that level of of heightened tension yeah. that it like it's not as shocking or not as surprising. Yeah, and this and movie Manchurian is, Global is also right. such a – Simon McBurney, who we didn't actually really mention, is, is great. He awesome. himself is very yes. creepy and unsettling yeah. and interesting just anytime he's on screen. But Manchurian Global is extremely not interesting, and also, not threatening. And it's, but it's, and it's also strange in that Manchurian Global is – Constantly in the news, which I, it makes sense. There's like sure, this is right, the biggest right, com- company right, in the world, right. I guess. But they're like, Manchurian Global is creating a private army to invade other countries so that America doesn't have to. And you're like, that seems like they're really they're really saying the quiet part loud on this yeah, one. Like, yes, yes, they are. Like, like it seems like they're already getting everything they want, and they're doing a lot of shady stuff just out in front. So I, I think to your point though about like you know. This movie not being able to rug pull. This movie also works the Manchurian Candidate into as much of a happy ending as it could possibly have. Yeah. Sure. Because Liev essentially offers himself up as yes. tribute, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Goes, I should be taken off the board. Right. Right. Gets his mother knocked out in the process, yep. which exposes uh, the Manchurian, Manchurian Industries. Yep. Right. Yep. And then Denzel is magically photoshopped so that he's right. not guilty anymore and he ends up on the beach. It's a demi-happy Kimberly ending, Elise. baby. It ends yeah. with him paying homage to the men in his unit, whereas the old one ends with – Frank Sinatra seeing Lawrence Harvey kill himself. Right. And then after and, killing his stepfather. After killing his stepfather yeah. and his mother. Yes. And then Frank Sinatra crying in the rain. Like, like uh-huh. giving, giving like Roy to. Batty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He yeah just, tears like, in I've the seen, rain. It's true. I've seen things no, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> right. My friend killing his mom. But, but it is a very bleak ending it's where you're just bleak. like, uh, what, what the fuck happens now? <laughs> yeah. 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 I did where, feel. Yeah. I mean, it is a happier ending for for sure, but I did feel watching Denzel's performance at the end like this is a guy who will maybe never be normal again. Oh no, yeah, no, he's gonna sure. maybe get to holding like a full time job. Yeah. It's gonna be his ceiling, right? He'll that's, like that is why I think it's weird though that Demi chose to end the film with uh, "Can't Stop the Feeling" from the Trolls movie. <laughs> oh, I and liked that. Branch and Queen Poppy come it's out and dance. <laughs> It's very peppy. It is. It is also kind of crazy, though, that Trolls doesn't acknowledge that Manchurian Candidate beat them to the bunch by, like, 13 well, years. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. in Trolls, the Man- Manchurian Global does play a big role. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Dean Stockwell's in it, right? He shows back up. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah, he's oh. voicing the snake. Yeah, right. He's the yes. only live-action character in the Trolls movie. <laughs> 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 he's like, he's like, fully live he just comes in as Dean Stockwell. Smoke. That's yeah. the crazy thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's and, like... Yeah. It's it's. I mean, I appreciated the reference, but it's weird to see a children's movie made yes. now where they're like, "Tell us what it was like to wearing the wig and the boy with green hair." I know. And he's like, yeah. "I hated it. I hated it." You it's know? like 15 yeah. minutes. It's like an Elvis Mitchell interview. <laughs> yeah, it's and a the 45 hour movie. Conducted. I mean, there's a lot of time to fill. <laughs> when, when Poppy goes, Vim Vendors. <laughs> Just talk about <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we play the box office game, okay. Uh, this movie did not get Oscar nominations, but Meryl Streep did get pretty much every nomination, but an Oscar nomination. Golden Globe, BAFTA didn't get the SAG. Didn't get the SAG. But yeah. still, can you tell me? Who beat her for that final slot? Who beat was, her for that final slot? Because it was Port, 2004. Portman, now Blanchett, Portman. Laura Linney and Kinsey, Virginia Madsen, and Sideways were like, those four were all locked. Right. But who knocked Meryl aside to take that Oscar nomination? 
Tell me. Am, am I blanking here? Is it who then wins? No, no, no. Kate Blanchett wins. Yeah, she went for Elizabeth, right? Oh, this is the aviator. Right. This is the aviator. This is oh, the aviator. aviator. Okay, for some reason, oh, I thought why did she this was the notes on scandal. That was nuts. Isn't that she bizarre? She didn't have an yeah. Oscar, and she was playing a famous person, and they were like, all right, you can have an did Oscar. Did they think did Catherine she... Hepburn was up that year? Yeah, yeah, they thought this was Catherine Hepburn. They were like, it's yeah. been so long. Right. She's she, dead. She should get a fifth yeah. one. Yeah, right. She died. That was tough for <laughs> that, her. That so, she came uh, back from the dead. It's great that she's in this. this movie. Do you know what's crazy? I remember seeing The Aviator opening weekend mm-hmm. and the first scene where they meet on the golf course and she's like, oh, there, Howard. Well, look at me golfing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the first full line she got out, the audience applauded. Yeah. Yeah. She's I, doing the voice. I turned to my mom and I was like, I guess she's winning the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, like people were just going fucking bananas that she vaguely did the impression. She more than vaguely does that impression. That she, she vaguely successfully that sure. did the right, impression. Right, right, right. Yes. Golly. Okay. Remember okay, so, she's like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Blanchett wins. There's that one scene where she's like, well, uh, Howard. And he's like, Jim, no, it's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> and Marty kept it in. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> because, you, you know see what? the process. <laughs> <laughs> because they told him this movie has to be two and a half hours long. And he was like, all right, I, I guess oh, I'll fill the time. Jeez, I have to make a long movie. Yeah. What am I going to do? It's weird that the movie has 20 minutes of outtakes in the end credits. It's all Jude Law eating peas. <laughs> okay, is the fifth best actress nominee from a best supporting picture? Actress, supporting actress. It's the fifth best supporting actress no. nominee from a best picture. No. And was it kind of an oddball nomination? Sort of, but it's a good performance and it is an actress you like. It's an actress I specifically like. You liked her this year. Is it Ruby D? It's not Ruby D. I liked her this year as in 2019, 2020. Yeah, okay. I liked her this year. This Oscar year. In a movie. Is it Rebecca Ferguson and Dr. Sleep? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's uh, Sophie Okonedo in Hotel oh, Rwanda. Right. She was the sort of surprise fifth and she knocked yeah. Meryl out. Yeah. And Meryl usually gets that nomination. She gets the she August Osage I mean, County yeah. nomination. She was essentially, like, what? She was yeah. nominated for, oh no, that wasn't her in it. Never mind, never mind. I was thinking of somebody else. I was thinking mm-hmm. uh, in Primary Colors. That's not her, right? No, that's Emma Thompson. That's Emma Thompson. Uh, I, was, I, got my, I got my Hillary Clinton's in the movies. Yes, yes, yeah, right, yes. Right. But let's play the box office game, guys. Okay. Uh, we've actually done this one many years ago, Griffin. Interesting. July 30th, um, 2004. July 30th, 2004. Griffin's going to try and, and you guys are welcome to try and guess the top five movies at the box office that week. Manchurian Candidate was number three. 20? Opening to 20 million. That's, like, it's so crazy that just you could release this in July yeah. and they'd be like, it's definitely going to make 20. Yeah. No I, matter what, it's going to open to 20. The idea that that was number three at the box office, yeah. a movie like this, it makes me think all the other, I'll, Walk around in a stupor sometimes, being like, "Moonstruck was number one at the box office yeah, once upon right. a time." Went to see a it. movie like that will never be number one at the box office again, and we're we're poorer for it. But like, I, I just I remember it. it being like, "Oh yeah, twenty is the basement on what that's going to open to. If it breaks out, it will do 40. Well, the number one movie is new, and it did fifty. And was it kind of a surprise? No, it, it was, was a big we saw deal it movie. And we've talked about it on this podcast. We've covered it. We have with its own, its very own episode. Yes. Long time ago, but yeah, not not in a galaxy, galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Okay, no. so that rules some movies out. <laughs> um, but it was a big Disney movie, uh, open big, but had had a severe drop off. It's a Disney with a big, big drop, and the name of the film is Le Village. It's The Village. Yes, M Night Shyamalan's The Village. Yes, opening to fifty. This, so this is its opening weekend. Correct. Wow. Yeah, big opening. Um, but of course, famously dropped seventy percent in its second weekend. Yeah. People oh, word of mouth didn't help it out. <laughs> <laughs> a movie with no stars above the title, and the poster is a picture of a hand holding a list, yep. and it opened to fifty million dollars. Well, no, then they released yeah. a second poster of I a mean, guy in a red hood looking at a village. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They thought it was a sequel to Schindler's List. That's, That's why people, people were yeah. thrilled. Right. Right. I don't know how that list ended. They were like, "Finally, we're going to find out what happened to Schindler next." <laughs> What's at the end of the list? Is there a postscript? <laughs> 
Okay, that's number one at the box office. Number two, big action franchise sequel. Uh, it's made $100 million in two weeks. It's not Spider-Man 2. No. Mm. That this is, also is the, this is the best out. one. Of this franchise? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's five. It's got to be a Transformer. Not a Transformer. It's 2004. Was it's it the, the best, best of Die Hard the five? Movie? Not a Die Hard. Oh. It's the best of the five. Yeah. Die Hard 3 is the best one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the second in this of five. It's the second of five. Jurassic Park. If it was the Jurassic best Park. out of... Do they all have like the same director or is this like a passer? <laughs> <laughs> Three, the three best were well, three of them were done by one director, and then two other directors. Hmm. Oh, I know. What is it? Is it? Uh, wait, hold on. Hard the to born remember. Supremacy. All the it's oh, the okay. born supremacy. Oh, okay, That's that is the car fight. Best car one, right? Event. I mean, I know it's between that and Ultimatum. I think for your fave. Well, right? as we've covered many times on this podcast, the only born film I've seen is the Born Legacy because I thought it was going to be a clean entry. Yeah, point. right. You <laughs> I forgot, I forgot <laughs> that you have no opinion on the Born movies. For I had that just missed out, reason. and I was like, "This seems like a good. I can enter here. It's going to be a hard refresh. Finally, okay. a new issue one. Right, for the Born series. And yeah. instead, like Edward Norton Full spends cover. twenty minutes showing people cell phone clips of things that happened in the other movies. Well, it's a great way to catch up. It, it is it like is kind that, of. that uh, In Search of the Pink Panther. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Number four. God, this is a weird weekend. Yeah. A big action sci-fi movie. Big, big star. I rub it. Yeah. I yeah. robot. I had I had a robot fever that summer. I yeah. remember. Yeah. You did not murder him. You had, I, did I did not, not murder, murder him. him. Fever. Yes. Uh, and then number five, you already mentioned it. The big, biggest it's movie Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But it's not. No, what, what was the biggest movie? The there? highest grossing film of 2004, of course, was Shrek 2. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. Which at that point in time was the third highest grossing film in history. Well, deserved, obviously. Star Wars, E.T., Shrek 2. You've also got Catwoman. Oh, great. You got mm-hmm. Harold and Kumar going to White Castle. They went. You got um, a Cinderella story. Is that Duff? Is that a Duff? That's a Duff. Yeah. Uh, you got Anchorman. Uh-huh. You know. And you got Fahrenheit 9-11, which has made $110 million at the box office. It is kind of funny that Manchurian Candidate was probably like, we're going to be the movie that taps into all this weird political rage. And said, like, yeah, George Bush isn't so great. And people yeah. are like, I cannot wait to see this fucking movie. They were like, I don't care that you don't give your employees health insurance and will never do so. <laughs> do, you know what's, said it. do you know what is such an alien concept? Mm. That that movie became— like if, a- like, if you could buy things with memories— <laughs> 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 what if time was our we should currency? Be this <laughs> when I think about how well that movie did, right? Fahrenheit 9-11. Fahrenheit 9-11. It was called Fahrenheit 9-11. The key to that movie doing well was people were so angry about it, they were like, oh, I gotta go see it for myself. Sure. Like, the idea of protesting it and being like, I'm not giving him my dollars, mm. was I just remember, like, it was selling out in fucking, like, red states, because people were like, this fucking asshole, I need to build my argument against him. Sure. $15, one ticket, please. I'm sure it was more like 12 <laughs> You're right, <laughs> it was 2004. Yeah. And, and back then, you know, in the, in red states, you could probably go to a matinee for, like, six bucks. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, but right. with the conversion from then to now, six bucks was a million bucks. Oh, wow, that's, that's a lot. True. It's I mean, been it a lot of inflation. For a long time. Right. That's, that inflation? movie, Adjusted for Inflation, <laughs> inflation. <laughs> would make... Flushman from $170 million? And, then, yeah. and you, and you got to buy popcorn when you're there, and he gets a taste of that, right? Oh, <laughs> I mean, because he's I don't know he that much to, about the movies. I mean, I assume that's a weight joke, which I don't appreciate. That no, 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 no
No, in, in the way that a lot of uh, millionaires buy their private ranch and start a vineyard or something, of course, Michael Moore has a popcorn <laughs> Wine farm. cave. Right, right. Remember when he made a movie last year called Fahrenheit 11.9? Yeah. And it was huge. Everyone went to see it. <laughs> $6.7 million. But, but this, is, this is my point. Like, well, because the documentary boom is over. Right, yeah, exactly. Never, no one yeah. sees him anymore, right? But like, it's liberals like don't want to see Michael Moore movies anymore. No, but Jesus. The, but the idea of someone who disagrees with Michael Moore going to see yeah. a Michael Moore movie is completely foreign. I mean, right. I, I will admit that, although this was to write a review of it, I was asked by someone to write a review of, uh, asked by someone, asked by Alonzo Duralde, mm-hmm. movie critic, mm-hmm. uh, that, and podcast host, to write a review of Dinesh D'Souza's last movie. Uh, uh, th- that one was... The one that was not... About Transformers Abraham. Dark of the Moon? Yeah, Dark Transformers. The one that was the – pro- the poster promised it would be about how Donald Trump is the Abraham Lincoln of today. Oh, right. And it's, it's the one where the poster – Death of a Nation. Death of a Nation. And I yes. – and it was like – I was there basically to write a bad review of it. Yeah. And there were six other people in the theater at the at, – uh, at uh, the Americana, uh-huh. and they all seemed really creepy and didn't yeah. trust anyone else's theater. And that was the night that uh, my second son was born, oh, and I didn't miss God. it. But there was part of me that was like, okay, these are the last hours. It could happen. I went home, and my wife went to labor, and I'm like, I can't believe the last hours I spent with my wife before our second baby was born was watching Dinesh D'Souza's stupid movie. Like, and well, did you like did you ultimately not the write the review because you were too busy no, then? I was too busy. I didn't did write the review. No, I didn't no, you just, you just your son, a horror story. My son is named Dinesh D'Souza Kalen. You had to watch that. Yeah, yeah right. so I not only watched it, and I had to contribute the price of a ticket to it. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like to and, no end. And uh, I mean, I, the it was like so. So that I guess is one example of it. But you're right; people were like going to see this Michael Moore's yeah. movies just to be like, oh, right, right. I mean, because like the Dinesh films do well for what they are, but very few people in the grand scheme. Most most of his audience, I feel like, waits for it to be available at home. And no one is going to do oppo research on Dinesh. No, no. Like, I went to see two Dinesh movies in theaters, and I was oh, like— Jesus Christ. I did. Well, because I, I thought, like, Obama—what was it, 2016 Obama's America? Yeah. yeah, well, you wanted to learn about, you know, the secret— cons- No, I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, that that's because the one—the death of the nation was all about how it was actually the Democrats who liked slavery. Right. It's like, you right. got us. Right. You right. did it. Right. Like, that's there good point, go. I'll tell you, the one where he got me is America, Imagine a World Without Her. Where the trailer oh, made it yeah. seem like the entire film was an alternate history oh, of what okay. the world would yeah. look like today. And I was like, I want to see him spinning yeah. an alternate <laughs> universe yarn. And he abandons that in the first 10 minutes. It ends up being about Hillary Clinton is literally Satan. As one final thing, yeah. if you're curious, I will neither confirm nor deny whether JFK Jr. went to the <laughs> Trolls experience with us. So you, okay. if you buy... The JFK Patreon senior membership? or junior? <laughs> Which one did I say? Uh, you didn't say either. You just it said could, JFK. It could be either okay, or both. I want to keep the mystery I mean, alive. If it was junior, big story. Yeah. If it was senior, really big story. Great story. I mean, he is probably into trolls. Right? He's got to be the world's oldest trolls fan, right? <laughs> to be. Is that one of those troll? Is trolls one of those movies where if someone who died in 1963, you brought him back and showed him something, they'd be like, "This is crap. Never seen anything like this." <laughs> you've you've come so automatically far. good. <laughs> so you, bring, you bring JFK back yeah. and you show him like Six Underground or whatever that new Michael Bay right. movie he's is, like, and he's like, "This is astounding." I always imagined America could someday produce this. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like watching the moon landing. Yeah. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for no, thanks for having us. Thank you for coming for a, a weekday evening record. I'm Hell glad yeah. we could make this happen while Me, everyone was very in the glad city. We can make this happen. Uh, everyone should listen to the Flop House, obviously. Oh, I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, <laughs> check out the Flop House podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and do you have any other specific things you want to plug? Uh, yeah, if you're in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and you want to wet your whistle, why don't you head down to one of my wife's many bars, uh, Charlene's on Flatbush Avenue, uh, Hinterlands over in Kensington, or the brand new Minnie's Bar, and get your coat stolen. I was like going to say, it's I, probably the best place I've ever I have had my coat stolen. Blind drunk in Charlene so many times. No, oh, so. that makes me feel really good. Yep. Uh huh. A lot of my twenties. Yeah, and I, you know, I just reiterate: listen to the Flophouse podcast. It's kind of like this episode of the podcast that you're listening to, only it doesn't have the two guys you already like. In yeah, it. it's three fifths of this show, but without the guys that you want to listen to. It has yeah. the three guys you just fell in love exactly. with. Exactly. <laughs> Sick oh, of man. us? Yeah. <laughs> Let's pawn them off onto you guys. That's how podcasts work, right? You want to pawn your audience off, right? You want to get rid of them. I got to get rid of this audience. You got to move them through. Yeah. Right, right, They are right. wearing me down. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. And... Thanks to Andrew Fergudo for our social media. Thanks to Lee Montgomery for our theme song, Joe Bowen and Pat Rounds for our artwork. Go to Patreon, uh, where where the Trolls episode will be coming up uh, shortly and other fun Most stuff likely, sure. uh, happening. Uh, next week, we are discussing Rachel getting married. That's That sounds right. Right? That is the correct episode, right? Um, Am I wrong about yeah, this? Is there something yeah, in between? I Check the schedule. Jesus, yes. I'm next week is Rachel getting married. Yeah, Rachel, oh, congratulations. Next week, You're producer Rachel is getting married. Mazel tov, Rachel. Wow, with guests Olivia Craighead and Iowa Adabiri. It's a good episode. From the Iconography podcast. Yeah. And Rachel, you are now under the gun. You have one week to find <laughs> a suitable partner to spend the rest of your life with. And uh, yeah, yeah this, I, I think that's all the wrap-up stuff. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm forgetting all the things I usually say. Did I cover all you the covered things? covered all the things. I covered all the things. It's just late and it's, we're sweaty. It's late. I'm sweaty. And as always, <sighs> Raymond Shaw is the kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. All right. Uh, are you gentlemen aware that uh, the Rise of Skywalker did that with Fortnite? I did. Yeah, that's uh, what the the dead speak alludes to, right? Didn't they like throw the yep. the Pal- Palpatine beginning message? of that movie happens on Fortnite? Oh, oh cool. I was wondering why they didn't show that in the movie. Since yeah. it seemed like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention like it on the, the podcast. Right. You're I think Fortnite. it was handled by Oscar what? Isaac saying, "Unfortunately, Palpatine returned." <laughs> Where's the, were they Somehow. watching from like someplace else?